What's going on, fellow A-plusers? It is I, your host, as always, Adam Perez, coming back once again with a brand new episode of A-plus Hero Report, your weekly stop for your Marvel, DC, television, and movie news, streaming live for you guys over on our Facebook page. You can also catch us over on Facebook Live right now, um, and I believe even over on Twitch for you gamers out there, guys. And listen, if you are listening to us on Spotify also, uh, this episode will be dropping, if not later on tonight, and at least first thing in the morning for you guys. Um, so if you are looking to follow us also on Spotify, there is a link down below. You can have your audio versions and Spotify also does video as well now, guys. So um, go ahead and uh, follow us over on Spotify when you get the chance. Uh, but it's good to see everybody. Happy Mother's Day edition from A Plus Hero Report. As a dad myself, I just want to say Thank you, mothers, uh, for everything that you have certainly done for us, building us up into the men that we certainly are today. We definitely would not be here without you guys. And, you know, we went to a Mother's Day dinner last night and they were like, Adam, can you pray for us? And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. So I'm blessing the food. And, you know, listen, they took us, they, they brought us into this world. They can take us out at any minute, right? So give some respect, give some love back to your mother today. Um, stepmoms out there, wherever you are, uh, you definitely know who you are. So a happy Mother's Day, ladies and gentlemen. And it is not just myself here. Oh, no, that's right. We got my boy Stuart back once again, rocking his lovely flash hat. How's it going, man? Good to see you. You have a good week so far? Hey, yeah, I've had a really good week so far and uh, definitely happy Mother's Day uh, from me to all the mothers out there. And if very off chance, my mother is also watching the show. Happy Mother's Day to you as well. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, my mom actually came down from Georgia. Um, she's actually here. Um, she arrived on Thursday, and I believe she leaves on Tuesday. Uh, so a nice little visit. Um, so me and the girlfriend actually took both our mothers out to dinner last night. Had a great time. We went to Texas Roadhouse. Uh, fantastic spot. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we had a good time, man. Um, but yeah, happy Mother's Day to everybody out there for sure. Uh, what else you been up to, Stuart? You doing okay, buddy? Yeah, I've been um, <clears throat> pretty good. Not uh, not up to too much. Just, you know, usual work stuff and everything. I feel you, man. I feel you. Uh, let's give some quick shout outs to uh, everybody that's here with us today. What's up, Blossom? Good to certainly see you in the house. We got Enrique in here also. He says he's, he just watched the Super Mario Brothers movie in HD. Plus, he, uh, the live action remake of The Little Mermaid is just days away. I saw the third trailer of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse on YouTube. This is a third trailer? I didn't even know. Um, I might have to check that one out. Um what up, Indy? Indy can't be here in person today, but he is here in spirit. So what's up, Indy? Good to see you, man. Uh, we got Marcelino certainly in the house with us today. Ram Jam in here as well. And uh, the Geek Ledger is back, Stuart. Uh, so it's good to see you, Geek. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Um, yeah, should be a fantastic episode as we wrap up your guys' weekend. Uh, we got some honorable mentions for you guys. We've got six topics that we're going to be breaking down. And, of course, your guys' live viewer questions. There is a post currently up on our community tab on our YouTube page. If you want to go ahead and submit your live viewer question, feel free to go ahead and do so now. Um, and then, if anything, uh, we'll get to it, um, if we can, at the end of the show. Uh, but, Stuart, we got some honorable mentions, buddy. Uh, you got anything on deck today you want to talk about? Uh, currently no honorable mentions on my part. However, I do have a question though. Have Go you had it. a chance to see, uh, guardians of the galaxy three yet? <laughs> no, Stuart. No, uh, we, we almost had an opportunity, um, this past like 
Friday, I believe, or or maybe it was like earlier. It was earlier this week. I think it might have been like a Wednesday or a Thursday, but it was just the movie was just so late. And then we had to have somebody watch kiddo and it was just going to be a hassle, man. So um, we unfortunately did not get to reschedule, but hopefully we will hear pretty soon, man. We, we we're dying to see this movie. So no, Stuart, I have not watched it. Uh, OK, uh, you'll you'll definitely enjoy it, I think. But uh, yeah, just uh, let me know when you do. I will, man. I will, because I, I know you dropped the um, non-spoiler review for Guardians, and I definitely want to go ahead and do uh, a spoiler review for Guardians. I feel like it's been a minute, man, since we've done like an actual MCU movie spoiler discussion around here, and so I do want to go ahead and change that uh, and really dig into this movie and talk a little bit about James Gunn uh, and maybe some of the momentum that he has behind him um, going into whatever he's going to create. I'll say this for for sure. Uh, when it comes to Adam Warlock and some of the cool like fight scenes they did with him, uh, it definitely gets me excited to see what he's going to be doing with uh, Superman going forward. Oh, okay, yeah. I did the only shot that I saw of uh, Adam Warlock flying was like that really cool like POV view of like him, and then you can kind of see his body. I don't know. It was just a really oh, cool. Yeah. I really dug the um, the the flight style um, in the in the TV spot that I saw at least. So. But yeah, uh, Indy over here said it was pretty good. So yeah, we'll check it out. He also says, uh, Indy says, I'll be back this summer in full effect. Can't miss uh, all that. Uh, can't wait. Miss all the A pluses. So uh, shout out from Indy to everybody here. But uh, yeah, guys, um, look, as we go through some of our honorable mentions and our main topics, feel free to certainly give your thoughts in the comment section box below. If you want to go ahead and support the channel even more, uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, uh, feel free to click that stars button, if you will. Um, all of those donations go to certainly helping and supporting the channel here. And same thing with on YouTube. Um, they've got super chats for you guys available in the live chat, super images. If you would like to go ahead and support to this channel, certainly please go ahead and do so. Uh, definitely allows us to go ahead and bring you guys better quality um, stuff. Uh, hopefully maybe get some better equipment, um, bring some more people on board, go to more conventions, right? Like we, we really do all of this for you guys. Um, so the opportunity for us to grow really is in your hands. So we always do appreciate all the support that you guys can give. Um, and it certainly uh, goes a long way. If not, that's more than fine. Hit that subscribe button at least or hit that like button, man. That's uh, definitely free for you. Um, but let's go ahead and get into some of these honorable mentions. Oh, Datilla's in the house. Um, and for honorable mentions, now these are topics that did not necessarily make our cut, but we certainly felt uh, was definitely uh, something you guys should at least know about. Um, Stuart, first up, I don't know if you saw this, uh, DC Comics uh, recently made an announcement. Um, uh, Tom King, he's a brand new Wonder Woman writer. Um, they actually are going to be introducing us to uh, Trinity. This is, in fact, Wonder Woman's daughter um, coming in the upcoming 800th issue of Wonder Woman uh, as they celebrate the 800th issue of that character. Um, they are going to be introducing us to Trinity. Now, um, I believe her real name is Lizzie, if I'm not mistaken, kind of like Wonder Woman's real name is Diana. So I think Trinity is her sort of superhero moniker um but uh, i think uh, wonder woman 800 will be focusing a little bit more on sort of the future so i think we're getting like a future glimpse as to wonder woman's daughter i don't think she's immediately going to be like in the dc comics alongside like you know john ken you know jonathan ken or um or uh, damian wayne type of thing this is very much in the future um yeah i i heard about this um I have like mixed feelings on the one hand, it would be kind of cool to see like now all the, like the entire Trinity now has their own like kind of offspring. So you could have like kind of an offspring of Trinities, uh, like, you know, using Jonathan Kent, Damian Wayne, and now, uh, and now, 
you said her name was Lizzie. Uh, yeah, Lizzie, I believe. Lizzie. Awesome. And now Lizzie Prince as well. That's uh, that's cool. Uh, I think my the only real downside to this is like how many Wonder uh, Wonder Girls slash Wonder Women is that now? Because, you know, you got Donna <laughs> yeah. Troy, you got uh, uh, Cassie, you had uh, Yara Floor. And then mm-hmm. you also have, um, I totally forgot her name, but the uh, the one who's been featured quite a bit recently, even though she's been around since like the 80s, but basically like, like the Nub- Black Wonder Woman. Oh, Nubia, I believe is her oh, name. Oh, Nubia, yeah. Uh-huh, so it's name. just, so it's it's cool. Don't get me wrong that we have another one, but it's just kind of like, it feels like every time there's a new one, they always just completely lose focus on all the other like Wonder Girls or Wonder Women that came before. Yeah, I would totally agree. Cause I like when I, when this, when they released this, my first thought was, well, what about Yara Flora? Like, I thought she was um, like the main sort of Wonder Woman that's kind of getting the focus outside of Diana right now. Um, but then when I read Tom King, he did emphasize the idea that it's sort of like uh, looking into the future. I, I I guess for me, I immediately go to like their future state um, line that they just recently had, where it was like a glimpse into the future and what the potential future might look like. Um, so I, eventually, I think, I, I don't know how many years ahead this certainly is, uh, but I think they're definitely trying to at least separate the two you know what i mean mm-hmm. um, so i yeah. thought that was pretty i thought that was pretty interesting indeed uh, i do really like tom king as a writer uh most of the time like i do love his uh batman run so i'm really curious to see how he does with uh wonder woman yeah i really am too um marcelino says it took years but wonder woman's family sidekick is expanding like batman and superman and i feel quickly too uh, i feel like a lot of this has really expanded um ever since the um was it uh new 52 stuff like ever since after that um all right next up for honorable mentions Stuart. we had a couple of trailers i don't know if you had the opportunity to check out some of the trailers that i listed that we might potentially be covering here today um but uh let's see uh if you're caught up on any of these the walking dead dead city uh released a brand new trailer here um we did post this up on our facebook page if you guys want to check out all the trailers they are currently up on our facebook page as is a lot of these articles that we post for you guys throughout the week so definitely stay tuned on our facebook page uh but dead city uh wind up dropping as the walking dead universe continues to expand uh fresh off the finale of the walking dead series um maggie and um negan find themselves going to manhattan uh, which uh, actually really intrigues me as a fellow or former New Yorker myself. Uh, I am really kind of fascinated to kind of see what the uh, the city looks like after all this time. You know, I fell off of The Walking Dead. I don't even know how many seasons I was into it, but um, I don't really recall them talking too much about New York um, or anything like that. So uh, I would like to kind of see what's going on. Have you had the opportunity to check out this uh, this trailer at all? I did. Um, and what, what was funny is I was actually incredibly intrigued by the uh, premise of it. Uh, yeah. I was really excited to see it right up until the uh, end of it where it was where I realized, oh, wait, this is a TV series. Because uh, I actually thought this was going to oh. be like a one-off TV movie or something like that. Oh, so man. that got me kind of excited. But now hearing that this is a series, I'm not quite as excited. I think it could still work, but it's also <laughs> just kind of like it feels like something else I have to commit to then if I'm going to watch it. Mm. Yeah, no, I totally get what you mean. Um, I am, I, I can't remember, but I, Maggie was pregnant, yeah, with Glenn's child. Um, and it looks as though now the the kid is actually playing a significant role in here. 
Um, I think the idea is that her, uh, I think it's her son has been kidnapped um, and she's got to go ahead and find him and needs the help of Negan to get out of the situation because apparently the antagonist in here is somebody that Negan knows very closely. Uh, so I do like the additional drama that that definitely brings. And the antagonist in here, I can never remember this actor's name, but I feel like he is always the perfect asshole every time you need him to be in a movie. I think he's such a great villain. Um, so I, I, I am really excited based off of the cast, but you know, again, there's been years since I've checked out the, uh, the walking dead. So I am a little bit mm -hmm. lost. I definitely have to do some, some catching up before checking this out, but it does. I would agree with you. It definitely looks intriguing. Yeah. The, the last time I saw the walking dead, um, I think the last episode I saw, it was the one where they killed, they killed off Rick and then only to not kill him off. But I think within that same episode, there was the scene where Maggie was going to try to kill Negan, but then she actually started to realize that like Negan, you know, wants to die pretty much. And so like killing him would be, you know, an easy way out for him. Uh. So she figured it was better to just like, let him live with the guilt pretty much. So it is uh, interesting seeing her kind of go from that to like, now she's actually working together with him. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do imagine this will lead to some interesting uh character drama i mean because he did like you know kill her husband <laughs> yeah i gotta imagine um so yeah I, i'm kind of curious to how to see how this even all leads to them even being on this adventure together uh because yeah i just don't get the idea like hey bro she he uh he killed your boy uh, and you're hanging out with him you know um, what i you know what i totally just realized this is uh in a way you could think of this as a uh, martha uh or yeah yeah martha uh crap i forgot oh yeah thomas wayne uh spinoff series because uh oh my god it's the same right. actor as martha wayne and uh thomas wayne from batman v superman oh my god <laughs> this oh my god it's like alternate reality martha and thomas wayne i i you know i, I kind of dig that uh but yes enrique this is sort of like a sequel series definitely continuing from where uh the show or at least part of the show certainly left off at um, so yeah, if you haven't had the opportunity to check out the Walking Dead uh, Dead City trailer, go ahead and, and check it out. Some really cool zombie designs in there too, I thought. I'll say like, okay, that was another thing that kind of intrigued me about the trailer is like one of the zombie designs uh, very much gave me like Resident Evil vibes absolutely dude <laughs> absolutely i was like oh we going there with this with this series okay um another one here Stuart, that dropped this week the meg the meg 2 the trench um as uh jason statham returns um uh, to take on the meg again um did you check out the first movie by any chance or, and what did you think of this trailer i i never saw the first movie but uh i mean it's a pretty intriguing trailer. Uh, nothing, nothing amazing or anything like that, but definitely something uh, I'll I'll watch if it's on. <laughs> yeah, it was. So I I have seen the Meg once. I think I just watched it like late at night. I was like, oh, let's just see what this movie's like. Because it, you know, look, I, I'm a fan of dinosaurs. Anything ancient, prehistoric that shouldn't still be around but is still around fascinates me. And it's a freaking shark. So uh, I, I definitely was interested in checking it out. And I do like Jason Statham. Um, I enjoy the first one for certainly what it was um the idea of them making a sequel out of it does sort of feel like i don't want to 
it definitely feels like they're going over the top with it, you know, like kind of jumping the shark a little bit, you know, um, not to say that the first one was super grounded, but there definitely was some groundedness to it. This is just sort of like, hey, we want to fast, fa- fast and furious this up as much as we possibly can, transporter it up as much as we can and just do some really impossible sort of things, you know, like, um, but yeah, so that's what I feel like when I see this movie. Um, I, it's almost just like it's, it's just marvelizing itself almost in a sense um, compared to what the first one was. So, you know, I don't like, they, they got the automatic, they got the suits that they can crush stone now and they could walk under. I'm like, what are you going to punch it or something like that? Like, what are you going to do with this thing? Uh, but that's what they're hyping it up uh, almost to be like. And then the scene of him like stopping it with his foot as he's on like the deck. I mean, look, I, I get that they're supposed to like sensationalize this as much as they possibly can and make it look awesome. And it, there were some really cool moments was like oh that's pretty cool but i i'm i'm i may be okay with just have seen the first one Uh, but i i I don't know i don't know how i feel about checking this one out though it was definitely uh i feel like the first one was successful because people knew not to take it it seriously and then right um this is definitely the one where they're like fully aware that no one wants to take this uh, (laughs) franchise seriously so they're not even trying to hide it at all they're like okay yeah no we're just as bizarre if not even more bizarre than the first one we're not we're not even gonna try to lie yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, like, this might be right up some people's alley, you know, and if it is, hey, that's awesome. Um, but uh, I might certainly sit this one out and enjoy the first one. Um, and then last but not least, Stuart, my trailer. And I've been gushing about this movie since we did our, like, top five movies of 2023. Uh, Oppenheimer or Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, I'm assuming is how they pronounce it. Uh, a new Christopher Nolan film. You say Christopher Nolan, and I'm there, Stuart. Um, but the trailer dropped, I think, maybe like that Sunday or early Monday um, after we did Hero Report. Um, but it might have been like this uh, this past Monday. Um, did you did you get the opportunity to check out this trailer? Uh, yep. I think this is the uh, trailer that, that we actually played during uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Ooh, yes. How, how was it on the big screen? uh pretty awesome uh definitely definitely has some uh some great lines in it that you kind of um you know how like you're never like you hear about what the conversations were when it comes to like these big historical events but of course you never get like the full uh, picture of what it must have been like but there are moments in this trailer that are just so very specific when it comes to like some of the conversations that they're having where I'm like, I feel like there has to be some historical accuracy, even if, (laughs) even if it's just uh, like, you know, pure coincidence, I feel like, you know, this is the type of thing like people would be asking about, like, you know, when it comes to an atomic bomb, Uh, specifically like the line that sticks out to me that I just absolutely love is when the guy's like uh, asking, wait, wait, the chances are near zero. (laughs) Hey, you know, what, what, what other answer would you like? He's like, Zero would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh man, the 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 cast is incredible in here. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna get some amazing performances. Um I will agree with you. Definitely some great lines. Uh, I love the idea of there's a line in here. There's two lines. The first one, when he's talking about the idea of like, you know, you're creating something that, you know, is going to be bring peace. Um, And then there's another line that kind of is the complete opposite of that. You know, Um, the idea of like, you're you're gonna give people the opportunity to be able to sort of, sort of destroy themselves, and I I I do find the polar opposites of the creation of the nuclear bomb uh, and what it certainly meant for everybody. I find that really really intriguing. Like I'm a I'm really big into history, and so the idea of it setting up like a history piece, a uh, period piece here is really fascinating to me. Uh, and 
And I think just just what we've known Nolan to create visually, just some of the shots that we've seen in this trailer of like the you know the the explosion coming together or whatever the case may be. Like when they say this movie was shot specifically for IMAX. I can't imagine seeing this movie on anything else besides IMAX. Like, I think the experience is going to be pretty freaking gnarly, man. Uh, and I can't wait to see how Christopher Nolan sort of recreates a nuclear explosion, if that's what he's going for. Um, but it should be pretty fascinating, man. Yeah, it's going to be one of the best double feature days because, uh, I, I, you know, Barbie's coming out the same day. So, of course, you got to <laughs> watch them both together. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh definitely. Yeah. Wash wash that uh taste out of your mouth with some Barbie. You know what I mean? Definitely yeah. change up change up the See mood. something serious to start your day and then end on something very light. <laughs> but uh, I'm really looking forward to this movie. And again, I think the cast uh in here is freaking amazing. I saw like Emily Blunt in here, Matt Damon was in this movie. Um, you already have Cillian Murphy in here. Who else does it give me anybody else's name? Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Yeah, Florence Pugh, Florence Pugh is in this new is in this movie. I mean yeah, it's 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 stacked. Um, and he wrote it, I believe, and is directing as well. So, um, yeah, it should be a good film. So certainly go ahead and check it out. I think that drops July 21st of this year, guys. So uh, not too long, not too far away. Um, and then the other honorable mention that we have for you guys, uh, we wanted to get you guys updated on Jonathan Major's situation. Because uh, Stuart, he is still very much in hot water. Um, I know some people maybe had questions in regards to like what's going on with him. Um, so I wanted to go ahead and bring this up because uh, he did have his court date here this week. So let's talk a little bit about Jonathan Majors. Um, this is from Deadline. This dropped May 9th, which was in fact his scheduled court date. Um, it says Jonathan Majors could be in prison for up to a year if found guilty of a charge unveiled this morning in his domestic violence case. At the same time, the actor's attorney today slammed proceedings as a byproduct of, quote unquote, the racial bias that permeates the criminal justice system. Uh, it says Tuesday swift status conference at the Manhattan court uh, building comes six weeks after the star was arrested by the NYPD for domestic violence, um, appearing virtually for the hearing. Um, so he wasn't there in person. He appeared virtually. Um, they saw the Manhattan DA's office make up, make made public a superseding complaint with the charge of third degree assault. So when I read that, Stuart, that sounds very much like the Manhattan's district attorney office make public a superseding complaint. It sounds like there's another complaint that was just introduced that even oversees what the um, first charge that he had. I guess that was that the domestic assault charge that they're now adding a superseding complaint with the charge of third degree assault. The class A demeanor has a maximum possibility sentence of 12 months behind bars or a three-year probation term. Um, barely visible to the gallery on screens facing away from the seats, Majors did not enter a plea to, to the new charge. So he's getting an additional charge. But he, so he didn't plead to the new charge. In fact, dressed in beige and against pale off-white background on screen, Majors had little to say on Tuesdays besides, yes, ma'am, 
to the judge. The next hearing in the matter is set for June 13th. The judge told Major he has to appear for that in person. Um, so that's June 13th. Um, yeah, and the judge reminded him he's got to abide by the order of protection, protection, barring him from any contact with the woman in question. Um, and then his his lawyer came out. His lawyer came out right after that, said, we have provided the DA with irrefutable evidence that the woman is lying, including video proof showing nothing happened, especially not where she claimed, the lawyer said. We did this with the explicit promise from the DA that they would not fix their case and change it as we provided prove the woman is lying. And he says this is a witch hunt against uh, Jonathan Majors, driven by baseless claims, um, citing a glaring double standard. So, yeah. Uh, it says, instead of dismissing the allegations in the face of the woman's clear lies, the DA has adjusted the charges to match the woman's new lies. To be clear, there are no new charges against Mr. Majors, as, as what he what the lawyer is saying. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, very serious charges if, if these are accurate. I'm very curious on uh, the evidence that the lawyer is uh, claiming that they have. Because obviously, like, uh, you know, it's hard to say one way or another because we still know very little about everything. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I just kind of hope that um, before there's like a verdict or at the very least they can like let the public know exactly like what the uh you know evidence is one way or another so that way it's like easier to know whether or not this is you know these charges are to be taken as seriously as uh you know they say yeah um so we'll um we'll see what happens here man but yeah it's definitely um serious right now you know i am interested in the lawyer's other perspective too of the idea of like, you know, what is this? I am fascinated by this new. Well, he says they say it's not a new charge, but a superseding complaint, I think, is what they stated. But as sort of like a third degree assault, I believe is what they said, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I am curious as to where that came from after all this time. Right. Like we've had six weeks. Um, so I am kind of curious as to where that's coming from. But uh, anyway. Um, that is the Jonathan Major stuff. Just wanted to get you guys caught up on that. Uh, and then also some quick updates for the WGA on strike as of right now. Uh, we do have some shows um, and movies that have, in fact, been affected that, um, Stuart, uh, I wanted to go ahead and announce to some people. Um, so with the strike right now, Daredevil Born Again production suspended. Currently, uh, once the strike is over, have, hopefully after the writers get what they certainly deserve, um, the, the, they'll eventually will hopefully get back to filming here uh, at some particular point in time. But Daredevil Born Again production has been suspended. Um, there's a couple other ones. Oh, um, Game of Thrones spinoff, um, The Hedge Knight, The Writer Room has paused. Um, as J.R.R. Martin offers unequivocal support for the WGA. So that's, uh, and it just literally got greenlit too, right, Stuart? Uh, I think we talked about that like two weeks ago or last week, maybe. 
Yeah. The the more challenging thing about this writer's strike compared to the previous one is like the one in 2008, I wasn't keeping up with everything on the internet. So I didn't know what shows were on hold, what shows I was mm. supposed to be, you know, really looking forward to going forward. But because now that's literally what we do every week. It's like, now I, I know so much more that, that, you know, we could be potentially looking forward to, but there might be some issues because of, you know, the strike and everything. Uh, it, it makes, it makes this strike a lot harder, uh, like as a viewer, <laughs> to wait mm-hmm. through you know what i mean yeah I obviously you. i do hope that everything works out in the writer's favors obviously that's not me trying to say damn it writers oh, yeah. go back to work or anything like that yeah, yeah, it's just me saying that this is definitely like uh th- this writer strike definitely i can feel the impact a lot more yeah no i totally i totally get what you're saying there uh and then the last announcement um stranger things final season production pushed due to writer's strike um, so it looks like they've paused and decided to push that a little bit further down the road again. I mean, what all these actors like in their twenties now still playing like these high schoolers, um, like they keep pushing this down, man. They, they're going to look way too old for these roles. Yeah. I think that's the problem with how much time goes in between each season. And yet the time jump between each season isn't that big. And so we're supposed <laughs> yeah. to believe, Oh yeah, this is only a year since the previous season. And it's like, okay, then why are these kids like two feet bigger than they were? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't even fit their clothes anymore. Like, uh, come on guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they, uh, they continue to grow, but yeah, unfortunately those are some of the updates uh, for some shows that um, will be halting its production right now. So um, hopefully, again, uh, we definitely continue to support the writers, and uh, hopefully, they definitely get what they um, have the right to uh, to deserve after all the hard work that they certainly put in. So we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes. Um, all right, guys. So uh, with that out of the way, Stuart, I'm ready to go ahead and tackle these juicy main topics, bro. Because I, I think we got some pretty good ones this week. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very very excited, especially for our first topic. And uh, our first topic is, in fact, going to be what you guys saw on our thumbnail. Good old Superman legacy is big in the news right now. Thankfully, James Gunn finished his script and certainly turned it in. Um, So that is certainly set. But now the pre-production begins for Superman legacy. And with pre-production, that includes casting. Uh, This film is, in fact, set to go ahead and get in front of cameras this upcoming January 2024. Um, So it's going to be literally right around the corner here before we know it. Uh, But casting has, in fact, begun for Superman Legacy. And this past week, uh, we've got some really big announcements in regards to not official, not official casting, but at least some short lists uh, and kind of an idea as to what James Gunn is certainly looking for uh, when it comes to Superman Legacy. So uh, I am kind of curious to know what some of you guys, if you've had the opportunity to check out a movie, say, like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and have seen James Gunn's work, um, how you personally feel about him taking over the DCU. And his first movie, Superman Legacy, is getting ready to fly out the gate, Stuart. Um, So let's go ahead and talk about this. Um, You're super pumped for this news this week, bro. Um, I cannot wait to get into this with you. Just with Superman Legacy in general, this is uh, something I'm super looking forward to. Uh, and the fact that it's like it's here, you know, like, um, you know, look, it still hasn't gotten in front of the cameras yet. Right. Like we still have to wait for this movie to drop. But um, just getting to see 
the pieces of the puzzle slowly being put together is actually pretty fun. So uh, this comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter saying, searching for Superman inside the quest to cast DC's new top hero. This is an exclusive report from The Hollywood Reporter that I will say, Stuart, uh, I think they did a really good job of getting into a lot of cool details with a lot of their sources uh, to build up to make this a really uh, important um uh, article. So if you guys want to check it out again, it is currently up on our Facebook page. Um, but let's go ahead and dive into Superman legacy here. Um, we've got, uh, it says the quest for James Gunn's Superman is up, up and away, uh, casting for Superman legacy, the feature that is meant to kick off Gunn and Peter's Safran's much vaunted first chapter of the DC studios is hitting crucial phase with a short list of names bubbling up for the roles of Clark Kent. Lois Lane and even Lex Luthor. Um, so let me go ahead and pull up just um let me go ahead and pull up this next photo here. Uh David Cornswit, um, who is uh you can see him on the right hand side here, um, who recently played the ill-fated projectionist opposite Mia Goth and Pearl, is among the top contenders to play Kent, a.k.a. Superman. Advancing to the screen test stage that will likely take place after Memorial Day or early June, multiple sources tell a Hollywood reporter. Uh, two other contenders may also be in the mix, but their identities remain unknown as of right now. Um, at the top, though, I will say, Stuart, at the top of the article, it does also say top contenders like Nicholas Holt and David Korn Sweet um, pull ahead. Um, so that's another reason why we have um, Nicholas Holt listed up here. Um, as I actually see Nicholas's name uh, on this twice, um, he is um, he is named as, um, you know, on the short list also for Clark Kent. But I believe maybe in this article, they may even um, announce his name once again. So uh, we'll go ahead and continue with this here. Um, it also says um, Jacob Elordi, the sought after star who broke out in the resident villain uh as the resident villain on hbo's series euphoria is a name that surfaced for the role of kent but sources say he never submitted himself into the ring british actors tom Brittany and andrew richardson are also names that were in the early mix uh, as for Lois Lane, the spunky reporter at uh, Metropolis, um, it says contenders have been Emma Mackey, one of the stars of the Netflix series Sex Education, um, and she'll also be appearing in the upcoming movie Barbie. Um, the other actress, Rachel uh, Rachel Brosnahan, the Emmy-winning star from uh, The Marvelous Miss Mabel. I really, I really love that show. Um, so I, I, I kind of like that choice. Bridgerton's actress, Phoebe... Dynaver and Samara Weaving, last seen in Scream 6. Uh, it is unclear who is advancing to this test stage. Rosnahan is said to have delivered an outstanding audition, but at 32, maybe in the older range for what Gunn is ultimately hoping to achieve, a look at uh, Metropolis heroics via 20-something-year-old characters. Um, so that is interesting. Um, I, there's more to the article for us to go through, but um, just based off of some of those names that you've heard so far, Stuart, um, any, anybody um, really jumping out at you? Um, 
So it's funny with uh, Jacob Alordi. I feel like this was more of an internet fan casting before, like, uh, and, mm. and not necessarily like something that he himself was like kind of going after. Because I remember hearing uh, rumors about him as Clark Kent from the beginning, and uh, he definitely wouldn't be my number one choice, but he would be someone I'd be interested in seeing an audition tape for. Um, what I find interesting about Nicholas Holt is that, yes, I could honestly see him doing both a good Clark Kent and a good Lex Luthor. Um, probably, as I'm thinking about it now, I would see him more of a Lex Luthor character. But um, I do honestly think he could pull, pull off being uh, Clark Kent. Superman's a whole nother thing. I, I don't, you know, it would. I don't know how he'd look in a Superman suit, but I would be intrigued to see it. But right now, I do think he could make a great... Uh, clark kent and an amazing lex luther um and then of course uh david uh corn sweat um yeah. i i saw him in pearl um and that's that, about and that's the so gentleman far. with that's the gentleman with the bow tie for everybody wondering yeah um and i thought he was really good in that um but it also was very much not a clark kent type are you hearing that too yeah it's my smoke alarm is my is my place oh. burning down no i'm just oh kidding. god i hope not <laughs> no let me help uh get this uh out real quick uh i'll be right back i'm Sounds good though good. promise they're just cooking in the kitchen so hold on one moment okay so yeah david gordon sweat um uh an actor i need to see more of uh but i would also again you know love to see an audition tape uh so if he's in the running for clark kent uh you know i could definitely see him pulling off the uh superman look uh if he if he wanted or you know if they had him as superman so uh let me just check the comments real quick because we got something from marshall you know uh whatever they planned for superman legacy please james james uh gun don't include a martha scene that was cringe and ruined a potentially great scene um if you're ta talking about like the Martha scene from Batman v Superman, of why did you say that name? I I'm pretty sure it's, sa it's safe to say that's not going to happen. However, um, you know, I, I do think they got to include, you know, a Martha and uh, Jonathan Kent casting. I think it'd be a bit bizarre if uh, neither of them were in this movie. Um, yeah, I got to expect that be both in here. Yeah, but uh, anyways, uh, who would uh, which uh, which of the actors uh, stuck out to you? Well, I don't think I've actually ever seen. Um, I don't think I've actually ever seen what's his name, David Corn Sweet, before in anything. Um, I have been interested in checking out Pearl, so that is a movie that I I might want to go ahead and check out for myself because I did like the first movie X. So I would I would be interested to see what he's like in that movie. If anything, I mean I've seen photos of him like people like uh, you know photoshopping his face on superman and stuff i mean he really like he really looks like he can pull it off like facial wise like if anything i'm like yeah that's uh that's that baby boy face that superman certainly needs um so i i do think feature wise he could definitely pull it off but i haven't seen him perform in anything as of yet so i, I do want to hold um hey what's up blossom uh coming through with a five dollar super chat to support the channel uh that lady looks like a perfect lois but the guy for superman i don't know about that um yeah i don't know who she's referring to um maybe the yeah, I'm, I'm assuming maybe the lady here in the in the middle um 
Yeah, I'm not sure uh, exactly what her actress's name is. I can go ahead and probably find it here in the article, though. What's What's funny about her is that she actually kind of looks is that like Emma um, Mackey, maybe Emma, Emma Mackey? Mackey. I think so. Yeah, she actually kind of looks like um, the actress that played Lois Lane in the uh, Christopher Reeve Superman movies, at least in that photo of her. Um, let me see. Is that her? Yeah, that looks like her, Emma Mackey. Um. So yeah, but um, yeah, I do. I do think um, David at least looks like Superman. Um, I think they think he could certainly pull it off. But um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what they decide. Um, there's also more news here. This says um, uh, sources caution that some of the, these are not screen testing and have merely been in the mix. One source, uh, without providing additional details, dismissed some of the names as a chat room list. Um, that might be the Jacob guy that you were referring to then, right? Uh, possibly because uh, i think yeah. he, i think it even said he didn't even he didn't submit anything in um it says um warners had no comment and one insider said the filmmakers and studios are nowhere near a decision as of yet um so i at least appreciate them at least giving us some caution the hollywood reporter here it says one role that seems to have only one person earmarked in the classic villain Luther uh, is the classic villain Luther. Nicholas Holt, currently starring in vampire thriller Reinfeld, has been tipped to play the bald-headed evil genius. Holt's name has been swirling around Legacy for several weeks now, with some theorizing he was up for Superman. Uh, the actor had a previous uh, close call with the DC movie realm, where he was the runner-up to play Batman for Matt Reeves. Um, for the role going before the role going to Robert Pattinson. Um, and they said they really loved him ever since his role in Fury Road. Um, so yeah, so those are some of the um some of the um the roles that are certainly being casted as of right now. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really fascinated. Look, I will say this: there's another article out here, Stuart, that comes from the rap where they talk about the idea that um there's another major role to fit as well. Lex Luthor says sources indicate the antagonist role is labeled as Apex and that Gunn has been eyeing black actors for the part. It says in the comics, Apex Lex Luthor had a hybrid human Martian body and could physically go toe to toe with Superman. Although it's unclear if Lex Luthor in, Gunn's, in Gunn's film is actually Apex Lex Luthor. Um, so there's so there's two two sides of the story that we're, that we're also hearing uh, when it comes to Lex Luthor, right? Um, the idea of like, hey, could it be Nicholas Holt? Uh, but then you also got some insiders saying, no, they might be actually going with the black Lex Luthor um, and going with somebody else entirely. But um, what do you think? What, what, what role was certainly work? Like some people even suggested, like um, I, th I think I've seen like um, Dave Batista. As Lex Luthor from like, because um, I guess Lex Luthor was black in the comics or Homeboy just had a really great tan, uh, not in, in the uh, the animated series. So um, I, I am kind of curious what what uh, direction he might go with uh, Lex Luthor just because I've seen so many different options. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, for me, um, I think any option for Lex Luthor is going to be better than Jesse Eisenberg, whatever they go with. <laughs> um and yeah i think that uh nicholas holt uh as lex luther i'd be definitely interested to see that um i had heard something like uh from an article uh but it wasn't like um wasn't one that i was familiar with so i don't i didn't remember the name of it but uh basically supposedly james gunn is in talks with someone from guardians of the galaxy uh to be lex luther 
And I think that if if uh, Dave Batista is uh, basically interested in the role, I do think he would also be kind of a interesting potential. But I also thought about this. You know who else is in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, uh, technically? Michael uh, Rosenbaum from, you know, Smallville. Oh. So uh, if if they wanted to, I could also see Michael Rosenbaum just, you know, playing a different version of Lex Luthor. Uh, I doubt that's uh, that's uh, going to be the case, but that would be kind of cool if that were. Yeah, that would be insane. Um, leave it up to James Gunn to pull some shit off like that, though. Um, who knows? Maybe we get Tom Welling as our Clark Kent. No, I'm just kidding. He's that way, <laughs> way too way too old now. Um, but that would be insane. I mean, look, most people would say that's probably everybody's favorite Lex Luthor iteration of Lex Luthor. I know for me, I literally stopped watching Smallville like a year or so after his departure. I just could not do it anymore. He really helped carry that show for me. So um, that would be trippy. I don't think that's happening, but um, I that would be look. Never say never. Leave it up to James Gunn to try and do some shit like that. <laughs> If, if anyone could pull that off, it's James Gunn. If anyone could convince someone to let Michael Rosenbaum be a movie Lex Luthor again, it's James Gunn. <laughs> yeah, and look, on the other side of the concept of Dave Bautista, I, I do think that's kind of fascinating, honestly. Um, and, I, and I say that because Dave Bautista has definitely definitely has range i'll definitely say that i feel like i have seen dave batista really kind of i've never seen him carry anything let me just say that i've never seen him carry a film on his own but i always feel like if you have a strong director and a good writer that certainly knows um what dave batista like needs to succeed james gunn's worked with him he's always going to put him certainly in a really great spot i think dave batista definitely has some acting chops that i think people kind of sleep on to be honest with you like what do you think of dave batista as an actor no i 100 percent agree um i think that as much as i love seeing him in his more comedic roles like in guardians of the galaxy uh we've gotten hints that he's got a lot more range than that if you watch him in uh you know uh i can't remember which james bond movie it was but he played like one of the james bond villains mm -hmm. and then also of course blade runner uh 2049 he was incredible for the very brief amount of time he was in that movie he was kind of incredible in that small part and uh i definitely recommend checking out the short film that ties into that uh character uh because mm. he also you know it's basically i think a 10 minute short with him in it playing oh, i didn't know that from it oh yeah it's it's really cool. cool um but yeah anyways all this to say that dave batista can do a lot more than just kind of the goofy you know drax that we all know and love him as he yeah. has like range to play like a serious no-nonsense villain and i think i i think it'd be really cool if james gunn uh really reached in for that potential was uh was not afraid to work with some of his uh other strengths you know yeah, no, I think that I would I would I would definitely be open for that. Like if they announced that it would not freak me out one bit. And also I would throw in um knock at the cabin. Um at the, the M Night Shyamalan movie. I thought he was uh, pretty good yes. in that one. I thought he was pretty good in that one also. So um yeah, Dave Batista can definitely bring it. It's almost to the point to where it's like, bro, I almost think you're probably like the better actor at this point, between him, John Cena, and The Rock. Um, mm -hmm. I think like just acting acting like it's always interesting i've always seen dave batista in 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 interviews talk about the idea like no i want to be referred to as an actor you know like he had his time in wwe people always referred to him as a wrestler wannabe actor sort of thing he really wants to be recognized sort of as an actor and i can easily see the work that he's definitely put in to doing that i mean don't get me wrong the rock is like a fucking megastar okay i'm just talking about performance wise uh, i do think dave patista probably has a leg up on all uh, on, on on out of all of them 
personally. But what do you think, Stuart? I, I agree. Um, because you know, with John Cena, as much as I love Peacemaker, it's not that much different from the other roles that he's kind of uh played. Oh, well, you're right. He um, was pretty damn good as Peacemaker, though, he, too. No, I think he was. he was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's not me knocking him. That's just me uh mentioning that he takes like a lot of his strengths that he's had that he's played that he's gotten from all his other roles and really playing to those strengths like extremely well in Peacemaker. Um, you know, challenging himself too by giving him a lot of depth and everything like that. But at the end of the day, like you know, Peacemaker's based character is very similar to a lot of you know john cena's you know strengths in acting basically <laughs> that's the best way to put it yeah. uh but yeah. uh anyways and then you know the rock i feel like he had range in the beginning but then he got to his comfort zone of acting he had one per- type of performance that he put on with all his characters and he hasn't gotten out of that until mm. black adam then when he did with black adam you could tell it was like he had gotten so comfortable in that form of acting that when he tried to step out of it it just wasn't very good unfortunately but Dave Batista, you know, he's still uh, relatively uh, young when it comes to acting. So he still has a lot of time to like actually work on those ranges of his, uh, you know, performances uh, before he gets too comfortable just doing kind of the same character over and over. Um, and I will say this just to kind of I don't want to say back up um, some of the reports that we've seen. But, you know, if there's anybody that will come out and kind of quickly deny any of this stuff is James Gunn, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he 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 comes out all the time and wants to debunk rumors. Um so James Gunn did in fact come out this week. Uh he comments on casting speculation. Um and he says uh, and I and I quote this is from James Gunn. He says, "For all of you asking, I would never comment on who is or who isn't auditioning for a role. That's the actor's business only and it isn't something I'd make public." unless they did it first after the fact. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's all that he had in his um, in his thing. For now, only one person has been cast in Superman Legacy, and it isn't any of the regular players in the Superman world. So to me, look, this at least confirms casting's happening, right? They're looking at people. Um, He may not come out and actually address who's been cast, but he doesn't deny the fact that casting has happened, right? He's just like, oh, I'm just not going to tell you the names. Um, And I think if casting was not happening, James is going to be like, look, we have not even looked yet. Um, Casting has not begun. He would literally tell us that. So casting is definitely, or at least they've at least started looking for sure. They've already cast one person, um, but uh, yeah, he's definitely not going to confirm any names. What do you think about that, though? Am I tripping? Uh, no, no. I think that's you're hundred percent. You're hundred percent spot on. Like it makes total sense that he's not going to release the names of anyone who's like currently auditioning. Cause then you're just really just going to get people's hopes up or you're just going to piss a lot of people off. And either way, it's just too early to do, to do that one way or another, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm excited, man. Um, you know, I, I think this is going to be really important um, casting choices. How old is David Corn Corn Sweet? Can you um, look that up real quick? Oh, and yeah. um, and I'll look up Rachel. What was her name again? Um, Bron. Yeah, Rosnahan. I want to see how old she is. I think they said that she was uh, 32. Um, she's 32. I am kind of curious as to how old David is. Uh, David is. Uh, about 30 years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Here says he's, oh yeah, he's about 29. He'll be 30 this year. Um, 
that's not too far off. What's this article talking about? I mean, she's 32 years old. Come on. That's not, that's really not that big of a difference. And I think she actually looks pretty good uh, for her age, honestly. So I think she could definitely pull off uh, a reporter in her late twenties. I mean, come on guys. Like let's be real here. Yeah. Just because they say that they're looking for a character that's in this age range doesn't mean the actor is going to be, because you know, a lot of times it's just about whether or not they can pull off the uh, age. Um, I thought there was something else in this article that I've had found pretty interesting, but they have been saying that they were trying to populate um, this world with um, multiple characters, I believe. Um, and legacy. So apparently um, uh, Apex uh, is just an audition name for the main villain and Lex Luthor is just going to be a minor antagonist. Um, and then... Uh, I think that would be the way to go, having Lex Luthor appear in Superman Legacy, but not the main villain, saving him for a sequel or the third movie. I definitely agree with that, mm -hmm. of course. Oh, Blossom with another What's super up, chat. Blossom? The Rock, you say, had such a crush on him <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Who's 29? I'm kind of pushing 30. Oh, she hit us with another uh, super chat um who's oh. 29 i'm kind of pushing 30 myself um i mean <laughs> hey i look i just pushed 40 um this past december so yeah um but yeah guys let us know your thoughts in regards to um some of these uh short list of of actors that are certainly up for the name uh, we'll see if nicholas if nicholas holt can sort of capture anything i feel like homeboy literally has been trying to get involved in like the mcu or dcu like for a while now and he's just missing out on these opportunities so um maybe he could find uh, some room for him somewhere maybe he could be jimmy olsen or something <laughs> Ah, oh, man, I feel like that would just be kind of a waste of his talents, though. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I so, if he's yeah. not going to be Superman That's or Lex Luthor, I'd say save him for another superhero movie. Have him be like the DCU Batman. I, I think he could pull off being Bruce Wayne. Hey, that might, hey, you know what? That might be, um, you might be onto something there, Stuart. Might be onto something like, there. I lost the Batman to uh, Robert Pattinson, but I'm going to be DCU Batman. <laughs> yeah, you might be onto something there, man. Um, I'm also checking out this last um this rap article that dropped um i'm trying to see i thought there was like another i thought there was another piece of information that dropped here today um about the characters that were going to be populating this world um oh uh there was a really interesting tweet that james gunn had uh put out there uh saying that we only casted one character and it's not a usual superman character or something like that but it, he's followed it with a mermaid or a merman emoji oh interesting okay <laughs> so I, I wonder if that's like him trying to say that aquaman is going to appear in in superman legacy yeah, because I, I do think that they I, I there was some place that I read um, that I thought he said he was going to populate the movie with like characters sort of already established in this world. Right. So we might get like brief cameos of some of the heroes uh, sort of already that pop up in here, which would kind of make sense. I mean, look, if you're coming from a Daily Planet sort of thing, right, I've got, I've got to imagine there's articles, news reports going on, right? So you might be able to kind of get glimpses of some of the heroes that are already sort of established in this world. And I think that's what James Gunn is kind of referring to. But there was an article. I just I literally just read it before we went online. But um, if I can find it again, I'll post it up on the um, 
the the um, community tab for you guys. Oh, um, here here it is. It was actually part of the uh, tweet that you brought up earlier. Oh, okay. Um, so, so the full tweet was uh, for all of you asking, I would never comment on who is or isn't auditioning for a role. That's the actor's business only and isn't something I'd uh, make public unless they did it first after the fact, like something I did make public uh, um, or sorry i lost my spot there like uh glenn uh and zachary levi auditioning for the lo- the role of uh, star lord uh yada yada for now one person has been cast in superman legacy and it isn't one uh and it isn't any of the regular players in the superman world and then he followed that up with the merman emoji okay so that's where the mermaid emoji comes from okay yeah um <laughs> um all right but uh yeah i'm looking forward to this movie man i really am I'm, I'm excited to see that they're um already looking at some people um but yeah the david guy definitely go ahead and check him out if you can uh, i definitely want to go ahead and check him out in pearl but i think i think like facial wise yeah this man could definitely pull off a a, a young sort of clark kent uh in his 20s uh, so blossoming into the superhero that he needs to be so i'm i'm really pumped for that man same here All right, guys, let us know your thoughts in the comment section box below. Uh, And with that, Stuart, we will go ahead and move on to our next topic. We're going to go from the DCU to the MCU, Stuart, as this past week, uh, we've got some secret invasion stuff on the docket for you as uh, that series is set to go ahead and drop this upcoming June, less than a month away for us guys. Um, Secret invasion is here. That means the return of Samuel L. Jackson, baby, along with the other couple of other stars also Um, as we got characters like Maria Hill, Rhodey certainly coming back. Good old Don Cheadle himself is going to be in this series, but this past week um, you can check it out. Also on our Facebook page, they dropped a brand new featurette sort of like a behind the scenes look if you will at um the filming coming together and they really kind of opened up a lot in regards to just the storyline i don't want to say storyline beats but kind of letting us know what we are in for where some of their characters sort of find themselves as of right now i thought it was pretty eye-opening Stuart. um so we not only got a, a featurette but we also wind up getting ourselves a brand new article uh, as uh, don Cheadle sat down for an interview talking about um working opposite of samuel l jackson so um you know let's do let's do the the article real quick first Stuart. uh we'll do we'll talk about the article here real quick and then we'll talk a little bit about the um the the featurette itself but this is don Cheadle talking about um acting with samuel l jackson for the first time in secret invasion like that alone honestly Stuart, like really trips me out the fact that don Cheadle and samuel l jackson have never work together on screen before like that's almost that's almost hard to believe you know what i mean did did you did you even notice that uh not until you just said that and yeah yeah i so i (laughs) thought right off the top that immediately uh kind of jumped out at me but this is an exclusive interview um for don Cheadle. um let's see here jackson and Cheadle both star in secret invasion the new marvel spy series coming on to disney plus on june 21st um it says, um, uh, hey, this is what Don Cheadle says. He says, uh, day one, we sat down and we're like, this should have happened a long time ago, uh, but it's great that it's happening now. Uh, Sam's a good friend, uh, and I've known him for a long time. Uh, it was cool to be able to sit across from him and go back and forth. 
Um, it says when the show begins, Rhodey has graduated uh, from the Air Force uh, Colonel to right hand to the president. And Cheadle describes him as someone working closely with the White House uh, to help contain threats. He says in this one, he finds himself not directly at odds, but somewhat on the other side of where Fury is. Um, so that is definitely a little bit eye opening there also. Um, can, and I love how they don't specify why, because it could literally be that he's a scroll or that he just doesn't believe Nick Fury when Nick Fury says that the scrolls are a real threat. Oh, that's a really great point there, Stuart. I didn't even consider that. Um, he also says, of course, um, Secret Invasion is a Marvel project, which means there's plenty of sci-fi bombast and alien drama, but it's also more grounded. And Cheadle says he was particularly impressed by Jackson's layered performance. Um, Sam gets to act, uh, and we really get to see why he's such a revered actor. Um, it's, he says, um, in fact, the entire show is stacked with impressive talent. Uh, familiar Marvel faces like Ben Mendelsohn, Kobe Smulders, and Martin Freeman return, while starry names like Olivia Coleman, uh, Amelia Clark, and Kingsley Benadire um, join the cast. Um, it says the result is a twisty thriller that Cheadle says will feel more like a Cold War spy story than a candy-colored superhero flick. Uh, it speaks to the elasticity of what the MCU can be, he adds. This one feels much closer to a movie like Born Identity or something that's more along the tones of a 70s movie. It's not as much about the bells and the whistles of big special effects. It's more about the intrigue and drama, the espionage and double crosses, and I still think it fits perfectly in what the MCU is able to do and pull off. Um, and he's definitely uh, not wrong there. Um, he, um, what do you think about that though, Stuart? Uh, yeah, it's actually kind of cool because uh, you know, it, it's like, he's great as Nick Fury and all the other Marvel movies, but Nick Fury has always got to play kind of like the same emotion, uh, the same kind of, uh, you know, he can't really show too much because he's always got to be the mentor figure that all the Avengers looks look up to. So he always has to like kind of play the tough guy. So it's going to be kind of interesting in this to see him try, like see him have more range and kind of be a little bit more vulnerable uh, as they say in the article, like showing a lot more acting range than we got to uh, see with him, like in the previous Marvel movies. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, it also says um, he's also got another project in the works. Um, Secret Invasion will help set up Armor Wars, a planned standalone film that's all about Rhodey. Um, Cheadle is tight-lipped about what the project will entail um, or what we might see, but he says he's excited to uncover new sides of a character he's played for so long. He And he goes on to say the fun part about it is that we're going to continue to explore Rhodey and in some ways for the first time get to see what makes him tick we understand his physical challenges but we haven't really dug into a lot of his emotional and psychological challenges and you know what Suda, i'm not going to sleep on that man because um it is one of those things where i think they were able to really do that well with um um, Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie's character in um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, by giving him, you know, front and center, if you will, that was a TV series. This is going to certainly be a movie. Um, but the idea of really opening our eyes to like, and it's, it's always fascinating too, because I feel like even with somebody like a Sam Wilson, you know, I thought we kind of knew his past a little bit about, you know, what he was like when he was in, um, was the paramilitary or something like that back in mm -hmm. the day. Um, so you kind of got a little bit of insight, but 
the Falcon or Winter Soldier, I think, just really opened a whole new world that he had the opportunity to be front and center. And so I think the same thing could definitely happen here with Don Cheadle. It is one of those things where it's like, do I really need an Armor Wars film or television series? But I, I think what it is, in fact, intended to do will definitely show its worth for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, uh, you know, even though, like you mentioned, this is going to be a movie and not a full on TV show, I think uh, given that we know a good uh, a good amount of like, you know, his uh Oh, man, I forgot how I was going to word that. It made more sense in my head, but then as I was saying it a lot, never mind. <laughs> but regardless, yeah, I do think a movie will be plenty of length to uh, actually get to know him for the first time. Because again, you know, when it comes to him and, you know, even with uh, Falcon in the previous movies, it really did feel like they were just, they never really got a really big arc or anything like that. So we never got to really get to know them until, you know, Falcon, the Winter Soldier in the case of Falcon. And now I feel like it's going to be the same thing with Armor Wars with uh, finally getting to, to know uh uh get to know uh war machine a lot more yeah i i definitely agree and look it and i think it's it's to the fact that we find them in very interesting moments in their life now right sam wilson mm-hmm. now being captain america and don Cheadle being or um roadie now being sort of the right hand man to the president um and so i i do find that even more interesting that you know i'm sure roadie and nick fury probably had their own relationship with one another in the sense of how they felt about each other but now that we um have him as the right hand man of the president to um nick fury who i'm, I'm assuming is probably a wanted criminal i am really fascinated to kind of see how they butt heads or like if they even do butt heads maybe Rhodey has to sort of perform that role of like hey i can't let you get away with this but I'm going to let you get away with this uh, type of thing and, and help him out as best as he possibly can. But, you know, we even talked about the idea that it's fascinating that he's the right hand man to the president that he clashed with during Civil War. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I, I am interested to see how that dynamic certainly certainly works out in this uh, in this series. Yeah, I wonder if uh, if that's going to come up in the in either um, his movie or in any of the other uh, future Marvel movies with the president, like the fact that, you know, he did kind of hang up on him that one time during the events of uh, was it Infinity War Endgame. No, it was Infinity War. I think yeah. it was Infinity War, yeah. Um, oh, that's right, yeah, because that's when they returned, I, I believe is when it was. Yeah, they returned, and he he hangs up on them or something like that. Yeah, so um, I wonder if that's ever going to, like, kind of come up. Like, uh, like maybe you got him in the middle of a conversation with him on the phone, and he's like, don't hang up on me again. And you know what's fascinating? We've, we've seen Don Cheadle already back as Rhodey. He was in a Falcon and a Winter Soldier briefly, I think maybe uh, one or two episodes, I think, maybe in the very beginning and very oh, end. That was just the very beginning. The very which beginning, is why- right? Uh, yeah, it's just it was so bizarre because it was such a small like kind of cameo, and he apparent and he got like an Emmy for it. Oh, really? Got an Emmy for that? Yeah, or an Emmy nomination, which nom- like, he, even he <laughs> said was like confusing to him. It's like really. <laughs> I mean, they're like, I guess we gotta give it to a black guy, and they're like, hey, let's get Don Cheadle. Where you at? No, um, I you know if anything. Like, it makes me wonder, like, how big of a role he's going to have going forward. Like, are we going to see him in random um, movies now? Like, any any place that we see Thaddeus Ross, can we expect to see Don Cheadle? So does that mean he's going to pop back up in Captain America 4? Is he going to be in Thunderbolts also? It honestly would not surprise me, especially if he's got, like, so small cameo moments. 
Yeah, I feel like if you're, you know, playing role of the president, then yeah, anything that has to do with uh, kind of like the government part of the MCU. So like movies like Captain America 4 and uh, the Thunderbolts, I feel like he would have to have at least some uh, kind of role in those movies. So I hope it's um, I hope it changes into something like that. We haven't had Samuel L. Jackson around to be sort of like that pillar or like that foundation foundational character that we kind of see popping up through everything but maybe that's going to be um our roadie if he pops up in uh in more of these projects um so yeah i am i am fascinated to see him alongside samuel l jackson for secret invasion and speaking of which you know that article Stuart, um definitely gave me vibes about the featurette that we um, had the opportunity to watch you know when don Cheadle talks about the idea of this feeling like a um, an espionage film, you know, something like it's set place during the Cold War or, or a movie back in the 70s sort of thing. Uh, when you see how this movie is coming together in the featurette, it really does feel like that. Like uh, Colby Smolders mentions the idea that this is very much Samuel L. Jackson's like spy versus spy is what she kind of, um, c- you know, kind of compares it to. When I When I look at the trailer, I'm blown away by like, you know, I, I talk so much about how I appreciate the technological advances we've made in something like the volume, you know, where they record a film, a lot of movies. Now, a lot of TV series like the Mandalorian. I think they really even used it a lot for like Thor love and thunder, right? Like there is something about actually being outside and an open set and natural light and like being in the world that, that really just adds depth to a movie or a series. And when I watch this, this does feel like a big bombastic mission impossible film, you know, like twist and turns, who can you trust great action sort of thing um, compared to like, Hey, let's just film this on an enclosed set on the volume. Like it just feels different. It just has a weight to it. That it just means a lot more. And so it definitely feels like we're getting back to like that winter soldier sort of vibe a little bit also. Um, And if they could really amp up just the seriousness, I mean, you look at the cast alone, these are some, heavy hitters when it comes to like drama uh, and really being able to bring it. So uh, I thought the featurette was really astounding in regards to giving us a little bit closer insight as to what we can ex- like what we can look forward to without giving like any details or spoilers away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, definitely agree with you when it comes to like kind of shooting outside compared to cl- shooting into a uh, closed studio. There's just something about it that just kind of makes it feel like it's in an actual environment, an actual world out there. You know, um, yeah. it's, you know, as much as I love the Mandalorian, you know, you look at Andor and the Mandalorian. That's why the uh, Andor looks like looks so great. much better because yeah. you know, they actually like kind of go outside to film. So I look forward to seeing that with the upcoming uh, Secret Invasion. Yeah, I just think a lot of that stuff has just been so confined to sets these days, or at least maybe the, a lot of the stuff that we've watched recently has felt that way. And so I am looking for something like I can just really sink my teeth into. I think Tony Gilroy did a great job when providing that for me also with Andor, and I'm just expecting them to take that up a notch here when it comes to Secret Invasion. So, uh, and if anything, I am intrigued to, to learn who who who's who's who you know and 
how long have these people been um, sort of doing this? Um, I think they even teased the idea of like, you know, there are several different like terrorist groups out there all causing, you know, their own problems. And the guys like that's what they expect you to think that they're separate, but maybe they're kind of all uh, like kind of working together undercover sort of thing. Um, I'm I'm really in tr- I like I love a good mystery. Uh, anything, anything involving spies. So for me, uh, I'm I'm really amped up to this, and really honestly, to see, I think the vulnerability of Nick Fury and the fact that Don Cheadle talks about this is Samuel L. Jackson acting, that gives me confidence for sure. Yep, uh, fully agree. And I also just thought of a prediction because you were Uh-oh. mentioning how it's going to be kind of challenging to know who's uh who or who's real and who's a scroll. Um, so what if Rhodey is a scroll? And at the beginning of this, but his whole thing at the very end and why he ends up working for the president, you know, in the next uh, movie is because the president doesn't know that he was the scroll when he started working for him. So we just kind of end it with, uh, wait, you're still going to work for him, but you're not even the one who got the job and just have (laughs) Rhodey being like, yeah, but the president doesn't need to know that. I mean, that would be a really even like great, like insight, you know, like insight to have next to uh, the president of the United States. So you can keep everybody, uh, um in the loop as to what's going on that would be pretty crazy if uh roadie is one i mean look he was terrence howard at one point in time right so <laughs> maybe maybe it's possible um so we'll see how it turns out but i'm really excited for secret invasion what's your excitement level for this overall oh man this i want to say this is probably right underneath daredevil this is the mm. biggest marvel show that i'm looking forward to yeah man we um I'm, I'm looking forward to it also guys but let us know your thoughts um after hearing some of the stuff don Cheadle had the opportunity to say if you haven't had the opportunity to check out the featurette i will highly recommend it over on our youth on our uh, facebook page guys uh, but let us know your levels of excitement for secret invasion in the comment section box below all right and with that Stuart, out of the way we will move on to our next topic because we're going to stick to the world of television uh but we're going to go from streaming to the cw uh as the cw is in fact back in the news now look guys um you know it's almost that time to find out like which shows are going to be renewed and possibly coming back for uh an upcoming fall or a winter season uh but things are tight uh and looking tough uh, around the edges when it comes to the cw um as they have in fact uh this past week canceled um several different shows there have been some that have in fact been renewed and we'll definitely dive into that as well um but um it does look as though the cw is canceling some shows um some shows that have still not not gotten an announcement um so we'll definitely go over all of those with you guys um so this is actually going to come to us from uh, i believe variety.com um they'll give us an insight in regards to what shows are no longer on the air it says the winchesters along with kung fu both canceled at the cw uh now the winchesters i believe if i'm not mistaken so it literally like just started um but that has in fact been canceled along with kung fu i think maybe in it's like third season but let's go ahead and dive into the article um it says the winchester has been canceled after one season okay well there you go <laughs> thank you variety for answering that for me that answers that <laughs> absolutely uh with the network also canceling the reboot of kung fu after three seasons there you go um as we reimagine the new cw uh, we had to make some tough programming decisions 
The CW said in a statement, we thank our partners at Warner Brothers and the cast and creative teams at Kung Fu and the Winchesters for all their hard work, creativity, and dedication. Um, and the, so for those of you who don't know, the Supernatural prequel series, the Winchesters, follow demon hunter Sam and Dean's parents, uh, John and Mary, telling the story of how the couple met as teens and how they ultimately came together to save the entire world. Um Let's see here. This, uh, what else did they say? They also talk a little bit about the Kung Fu series. Um, this marks the latest cancellations at the CW with the network previously canceling Walker Independence. Uh, that's the, the spinoff from Walker. So Walker Independence has also been canceled. Meanwhile, the main series Walker has been renewed for next season, as has the high school drama All-American. And it also says the shows like All American Homecoming, Superman and Lois, and Gotham Knights are still awaiting word on their fates. Um, so, yeah, so you've got Walker that's been renewed and All American that's been renewed. Um, and I do believe, uh, let's see here, there's another article from The Hollywood Reporter that does talk a little bit about Gotham Knights um, and. Um, and uh, it says Superman and Lois. This is from Variety. Uh, Ver- oh, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Um, we're going to move over to Hollywood Reporter. With the cancellations, the CW just has three shows left on which to make a decision. Um, so Superman and Lois, Gotham Knights, and All-America uh, Homecoming. Sources tell the Hollywood Reporter the network will likely opt to bring only one of the two DC shows back. Superman and Lois has a bigger audience. It's averaging 1.2 million viewers over seven days to about 675,000 for Gotham Knights, but is also considerably pricier. Gotham Knights is the least expensive DC series the CW has ever aired, sources say. Um, so that gives you some insight in regards to that, Stuart. How do you feel about that when it comes to uh, Superman and Lois and Gotham Knights? Have you heard any other uh, information detailing that at all? Um, the only thing that I've heard is people are 100% sure that uh, that only one of them is going to get renewed, and uh, which I can definitely see why with the CW's budget, but uh, I don't know. I definitely don't have too much faith that either one of them are going to be getting renewed next season. I know that a lot of people were holding on to what James Gunn said about it uh, possibly going on for one more season. Uh, but I think that was just James Gunn trying to confirm that if it does get canceled, uh, it's not going to be by him. And because this is a <laughs> CW decision, yeah, that it, 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 this does not make James Gunn a liar. If, uh, people are wondering about that. Uh, so yeah, me personally, I'm not super optimistic. I hope I'm wrong. I really want Superman and Lois to just go on for at least one or two more seasons. Um, but on the bright side, I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that both the writers of Gotham Knights and Superman and Lois probably know that this is a huge possibility. So hopefully at the very least, both shows were smart enough to like write an actual like ending for themselves and not like, you know, have to end on a cliffhanger that like fans will never get to see a conclusion to. Um, I am I am really fascinated in this. Um, the idea of one show returning. Um, look, if I had to make a guess, I'll, I'll just go ahead and throw a prediction out right now. Um, I think, you know, Gotham Knights, not the best when it comes to ratings, not the best when it comes to ratings, but it is cheap. 
Um, I can see the CW, but I do think it's gotten some pretty good reviews, uh, honestly, uh, for people that have watched. But maybe I'm tripping. I personally have enjoyed it. So maybe I think everybody else is enjoying it. But I could be absolutely wrong in that regards. Um, I do think that this show, especially if it sticks as landing, is good enough to certainly come back for another season. I do wonder if that's maybe why it's on the bubble right now. I think if maybe it was just a crap show, maybe they would have immediately already knew. But it feels like to me like they're kind of giving it a chance. So um, if anything, I was also hearing rumors that it is possible that Superman and Lois get shot to like HBO Max um, because it doesn't look like a CW show. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Like if you really wanted it to go over to HBO Max, I think you can highly benefit from that. Um, this wouldn't be the first time that we've seen a superhero go show go from one network to another streaming service or another network or anything like that. Um, Supergirl did that after its first season. So I, my my bet would be Superman and Lois gets dropped by the CW but moves to HBO Max and Gotham Knights because it's extremely cheap. They continue along with that show. Uh, and keep it on the CW if I had to make my predictions in that. Because um, I look, I, I if anything, I will say I personally have enjoyed the show. I think the mystery has been really great. I think they've timed a lot of their revelations really great also, too. Um, the, the actors and the performance continue to kind of grow on me in regards to you know, learning a little bit more about them. But I think it's um, a, fairly de a fairly good show. Um, so um, if you are going to keep one, um, I would probably go with Gotham Knights. It's probably the unpopular thing to say. Uh, probably people probably think I'm crazy, but it's CW. The CW is like changing. You know what I mean? So it's just like mm -hmm. if you are going to keep any show, just stick with that one. But what do you think though overall? No, I think you're actually spot on there, uh, especially with Gotham Knights, because uh, I do think that even if you don't like it, you can't deny that it definitely fits what the CW kind of tends to go for with the type of team dramas that they're known for uh, a lot more than Superman and Lois. Um, you know, the one thing that, that I don't think would happen though, is that it like, I do see the CW choosing Gotham Knights for sure. Like over Superman and Lois. Like, I think that's a huge possibility. Unfortunately, I don't exactly see HBO max picking up Superman and Lois because mm. like, unlike with doom patrol and Titans were um, I think, for one, when those shows got picked up, it was when DC was still in the middle of trying to figure out what it's going to do, like its new plan going forward. So it was like kind of the perfect time to renew them for one last four season for both uh, for HBO Max. But I think with Superman and Lois, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to want to spend so much money on a show because if they were going to keep it going, it would be a lot of money for HBO Max to, you know, be fully funding it now. And I don't know if they'd want to do that when they have a whole new Superman coming in in the next like a uh, year or two. Mm. Um, and so I don't know if they'd want to spend a lot of money on one Superman that they're not even that invested in compared to the, the Superman who's going to be like, you know, the face of the DC universe going forward. You know, Geek Ledger does bring up an interesting topic. He says Superman and Lois should get picked up by HBO Max for a final season. Yeah, that and, and, and again, I would love that if that's what happened. Um, I think that would be pretty know, cool also. It, it would be. Uh, so if it does happen, awesome. But yeah, I personally don't think it's going to um let's see here just a couple quick comments from everybody uh the geek ledger how would you feel if there was an opening credit sequence to superman legacy with the entire cast dancing to kryptonite by three doors down so no please no i'm good i do like that song though uh, but mm -hmm. no i'm good um 
<laughs> I'm with you. Like, I, I don't know if you're trying to like kind of win over a whole new uh, fan base with the new Superman. I don't know if that's how you want to like try to start your Superman movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Geek Ledger also says the Winchesters is being shopped around. Also, uh, Walker Independence. Um, we'll see. I, you know, it's it's. I almost feel like it's super rare, Stuart. That I feel like. Well, I I don't want to say it's super rare because we we have heard um stories of series kind of getting picked up but anytime it's kind of reported that way i don't know why i just never believe it you know maybe it's just i just don't try and get my my hopes up type of thing you know it, it also happens less and less now because network tv just isn't what it used to be so people aren't as much in a hurry to pick up new uh, uh you know network or shows made for network tv as they used to be um, Marcelino, um, season three has 13 episodes. That's usually is the sign. It'll be the last because CW last seasons usually have a smaller episode count around 10 or 13 instead of 16 to 20, uh, possibly. And maybe they're getting themselves ready for an HBO Max run, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm being, trying to be hopeful. Um, that is but, what Superman is all about. Um, uh, out of I think the five shows CW should re- renew Winchester All American, uh, the spinoff, and the Walker and the Walker spinoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably in line with what they're trying to go for. Uh, but yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts uh, in regards to that. So uh, we'll keep you guys posted um, in regards to any other cancellations that the CW winds up dropping. Um, and as again, as of right now, uh, we are still awaiting for Superman and Lois along with Gotham Knights to find out their fate. Uh, But let us know your thoughts on maybe both those series in the comment section box below and what you think they should certainly do with them. Let us know your thoughts. I'm very curious um, how expensive Walker Texas Rangers is to uh, film compared to uh, Superman and Lois. Yeah, I am kind of curious. I, 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 it's probably, yeah, it's probably significantly like the, the gap is probably huge. I think. Mm Hmm. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get into our next topic um, as we're going to go ahead and jump into the realm of animation here this week um, as we wind up having um, good old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back in the news lately. Um, I think Empire Magazine wind up doing an article uh, about them this week, having an opportunity to kind of sit down uh, with Seth Rogen um, and kind of talk a little bit about uh, what the movie's um, really going to be and kind of talking a little bit also about the idea of utilizing teenagers uh, as actual voices for these characters. Um, I think we've only had the opportunity to check out just a teaser trailer right now. Um, but I'm um, really looking forward to kind of seeing what else they're going to get into with this film. So maybe this Empire Magazine article here will give us a little bit more insight, Stuart. So let's go ahead and pull this up here. This is going to come to us from Empire Magazine. They also did go ahead and drop a brand new exclusive image that you guys can see right there. I'll go ahead and I'll pull that up for you guys while we're uh talking about this article um this is from empire magazine says mutant mayhem is like stand by me and ladybird but with ninja turtles (laughs) according to them in this exclusive image um it says um Oh, they actually talked to the director here. I'm sorry. I thought it was Seth Rogen, but they talked to the director. It says, uh, we wanted it to be like Stand By Me and Lady Bird. But, you know, with Ninja Turtles is what the director, Jeff Rowe, um, previously co-director of The Mitchells and the Machines, tells Empire. With the fresh young cast voicing the turtles themselves, uh, Rowe's ambition was to capture their energy and to make the ultimate teenage coming-of-age film, he explains. They've got a lot of 
inauthentic confidence that teenagers have. Uh, when you're a teen, you don't know any better. So you operate with this hyped up sense of we can do anything. Um, and he says uh, it's an area well covered by uh, producer Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who channeled their own teen experiences in Superbad back in the day. Uh, Roe, the director, says that's something that they are great at, that Superbad thing where they're best friends, but they're kind of losers who make fun of each other. But you never doubt for a second that they truly love each other. Uh, and then it just says bring on the mayhem. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was actually a pretty um a pretty uh, little intriguing insight in regards to the concept of why you get teenagers, right? And I think even from seeing them at the Nickelodeon award show when they were up there with Seth Rogen, I mean, they had their energy, boy, when they ran up on stage. I mean, they definitely were bringing it. And if that's that type of rambunctious sort of craziness that we get, and I even think that's highlighted a little bit in the trailer also. Um, you know, I don't know if that's going to become obnoxiously annoying for a lot of people at some point in time. Um, but I am curious. I, I, I do think the idea of this being sort of a coming of age film and sort of tackling the idea of these kids who think they're sort of invulnerable, as you usually do as teens. I got to think that they're going to be learning their lesson in some way to kind of grow up by the end of this movie to a certain capacity, at least. You know what I mean, Stuart? But how do you how do you take this? Oh, I think you did uh, yeah, I think like the okay, so it is a weird comparison with Stand By Me and Lady Bird. I think those yeah. two together and saying that's what you want in a Ninja Turtles movie. Um, it took me a minute, but I think I kind of see what they're going for, and I hope this is accurate. So the Stand By Me part, obviously, with the Ninja Turtles, and I'm hoping this means with the Lady Bird aspect, if this means that April O'Neil also kind of gets her own like storyline as well. That's also very much like not only a coming of age story for the Ninja Turtles, but also for April O'Neil as uh -huh. well. Uh -huh. Um which I think would be really cool, um, especially because it looks like they aged her down compared to like how she's usually like an adult reporter here. It right. looks like she's also a high schooler. So she's also a teenager like the turtles themselves. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I think also like, yeah, getting young people to do the voices of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's kind of weird that they've been around since the eighties and it's taken them this long to get teenagers to voice act the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But I think it works. Um, it's definitely something different that we haven't seen with the franchise and yet still feeling very familiar with everything that we love about the franchise, which may sound very contradicting, but trust me, that that's definitely, it definitely made sense. Uh, what I just said, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this movie. Uh, and the fact that it seems like all four of the kids uh, voicing the turtles are looking like they're having like a blast doing it. You know, anytime voice actors have a blast in their role, it usually means you get a good performance out of them. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm really excited too. I haven't seen them. Have you seen the Mitchells versus the Machines? Yes. Oh my gosh, it was a great movie. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna have to, I have to check it out. I do remember when it first dropped, like everybody talking about it. I think it was like on Netflix, like top recommended, like for the longest time. Um, so I do remember talk, people certainly talking about it, but it's certainly not one that I checked out. But knowing that um, um, they have the same director, uh, even the same as some of the same art style as well, um, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out and kind of see like what vibes uh, we're really going for when it comes to uh, this TMNT movie. I mean, when they talk about mutant mayhem, this this really may feel like just nonstop mayhem, Stuart. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the cast on IMDb and how they have just so many characters from the cartoon in this. Like, most Ninja Turtles movies have always just gone, kind of gone with one villain, but this one, yeah. You got Bebop, Roxetti, the Shredder, Krang, you got uh, Dr. Baxton in it. Like, I, I'm just curious how they're going to be able to fit all these characters into it. Uh, you know, when they revealed the cast and we got the cast announcements for it, I remember they came out with like the individual images. And I remember when we were going to talk about them that day on Hero Report, I had to upload all the all the entire cast because like the whole cast was so impressive. Like I didn't want to miss anybody. It was like 15 to 20 names. And I'm posting all these photos of these name announcements. And I'm just thinking to myself, God, I hope StreamYard doesn't crash on me. There's just so many goddamn images we had to upload that day. Uh, but the, yeah, there are so many characters, like deep cut characters uh, that you would never probably would think you'd see in a TMNT movie. Um, so I think they're definitely bringing a ton of stuff in this. Um, so it's going to be a, a high octane energy sort of uh, TM and T movie. I'm certainly thinking. Uh, what's up, Mikey? Good to see you in the house today, brother. I appreciate it. Um, Marcelino says I'm also I'm almost convinced that Seth Rogen is just Dustin Diamond with an extra 150 pounds. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel mean tweets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, he says, I wasn't ex exactly excited for TMNT, but I saw the animation and they had actual teenagers playing the turtles. Uh, I became a little intrigued the more I see. Uh, yeah, same here. I'm, I'm hoping we get ourselves another trailer uh, or maybe some uh, some other spots here relatively soon. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with this movie. Um, but so, I yeah, had to look up a photo of Dustin Diamond because I didn't know who that was. Uh, I, I could kind of see it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm glad you looked them up. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts in regards to TMNT Mutant Mayhem. Um, I kind of dig. Um, I kind of dig the vibe that they're going for here. So we'll see if they can pull it off. Um, all right. And with that, Stuart, we will wrap up that topic. We got two more topics that we're going to go ahead and dive into for you guys today. Uh, but the next one, uh, we're going to go into film here uh, and get back into transformers rise of the beast Stuart. you know look i'm gonna be honest i've really enjoyed these trailers that we've gotten so far um the character designs i think have been really great especially for the maximals um, i'm really glad that they're sticking to the concept of transformers rise of the beast being a true sort of sequel to bumblebee this one now taking place in the 90s so we definitely do have some connective tissues um but look I think, Stuart, anytime that there's a new Transformers movies, there's a part of us that feels some sort of sense of worry, some sort of hesitation in the sense of what are we going to get this time? Um, I think some of us um, maybe enjoyed some of the Michael Bay movies. Some of us have been scarred for life, depending on who you ask. Um, but we have ourselves a new Transformers movie. The bigger, the bombastic that they go, Stuart, I think there is a little bit of trepidation on my part. Um, but I really enjoyed Bumblebee to the point of I'm really hoping that uh, they're on the right path and they certainly pick up where Bumblebee left off and give us another enjoyable film. But I'm not going to lie, Stuart. Not gonna lie, when I heard this headline, or at least read a little bit about this article here this week, we're gonna dive into the director of this movie, um, explaining possibly some of his influences uh, when it comes to putting Transformers: Rise of the Beast together. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive into this article here this week, Stuart, uh, and I'll I'll probably send it off to you first to let me know should I be concerned. Okay. 
Um, so let's go ahead and dive into this. This is from the Hollywood Reporter. Transformers Rise of the Beast. Director Stephen Cappell Jr. on Michael Bay's support. 90s rap soundtrack and reuniting with Creed directors. Um, and look, this is a whole article, a whole interview. So I would almost rather you guys check out the whole interview yourselves. If anything, I'll probably read the brief synopsis at the beginning before the um, um, before the full interview itself. Um, so definitely go ahead and check it out again. You can find this article on our Facebook page. Um, Transformers Rise of the Beast director Stephen Cappell Jr. isn't afraid to pick up the phone and ask for guidance. He did it on Creed 2 when he was asked uh, Ryan Coogler and Sylvester Stallone for insight on how to best to make a movie in the world of Adonis Creed um, and Rocky Balboa. So naturally, Stephen Cappell took the same approach with the mastermind of Transformers live action movies, Michael Bay, baby. That's right. He picked up the phone and said, Michael. I need your help, buddy. And he says, during prep, Kappel reached out to Bay, who made the time for the young directors, despite having his hands full with Ambulance, the uh, Michael Bay movie Ambulance at the time. Michael Bay was making Ambulance, uh, but he still picked up the phone and hopped on to Zoom. Monday through Friday, I was prepping for the film. And Saturday, Sunday, I was learning a lot from the visual effects supervisor and calls with Michael Bay. He gave hints and tips on how to accomplish certain things. So you've definitely got to hit those guys up who've done it before me. It helps. Um, he says, um, um, where's the rest of the article? Oh, he says, more than anything, Capel just wants you to feel something for these Transformers characters, new and old. He says, I'm not here to just create robots for you to say, yeah, that was cool. That was fun. I want to be like, I truly care about that Optimus Primal. I truly care about Air Razor and those characters because this is the foundation of what I would love the, the franchise to be going forward. And a lot a lot of the stuff in this film is a huge uh, setup for where the franchise can go. So I'm excited for people to check that out. Um, he also says Capel's debut feature film, The Land, happened to introduce Jorge Lendenborg Jr., who also is one of the stars in the aforementioned Bumblebee film. Um, so when Capel earned the keys to the Transformers franchise, Lendenborg made his own phone call to see his character Memo uh, might have a role in uh, in Capel's film. Uh, Lemberg wasn't the only person who did that. One of the stars of Bay's first Transformers movies, Tyrese, also reached out. Um, he says that was pretty cool and special. Um, so Stuart, considering the fact that he's um reaching out to Michael Bay in any manner whatsoever, should I be concerned? What do you think? I, I just find it so bizarre that he's like, I really want these to be characters that you remember that you care about. So I'm gonna call up the guy that made the first five movies about robots that you just can't remember or care about. <laughs> yeah. And, I, I, I did find it interesting. I, you know, I will say this um, in regards to the article, um, because I, I think he really uh, in the article, he really talks about it sort of like in the visual effect sort of um, mindset also. Um, and, and doing calls with Michael Bay. But it's just one of those things where it's just like, I really hope that if anything, he didn't 
ask for advice on anything else besides the visuals, right? Like, I think the Transformers movies under Michael Bay visually at times look pretty good. Again, I, I kind of fell off in the later days, so I don't know if they just became so incredibly bad or whatever the case may be but i just remember the within the first trilogy just really enjoying the visuals even whether it was the action um seeing the transformers actually change from car to robot robot to car i always thought they did that fantastically well um and maybe when you're look maybe when you're not used to big bombastic sort of summer blockbuster hits like transformers is supposed to be you know maybe you definitely need all the help that you can get but i just look i I just hope it's like look if you had to reach out to michael bay for just visuals and ideas that's cool but i hope i hope you didn't let lean on him for any storyline moments you know what i mean no i i fully 100 agree with you on that um Like, yeah, the uh, other Transformers movies, I still say, like, they don't hold up as well as, like, I remember because, like, I remember 2007 seeing that first Transformers movie and thinking, like, these visuals, like, looked absolutely incredible. But then I think one of the problems with CG is, like, you can just tell what year certain movies were made because it's one of those movies when you kind of go back to now. Uh, The effects don't hold up as well as you remember, unfortunately. But uh, but that being said, though, they all did look incredible at the time. So it does make sense that you would want to go back to him if that's the type of advice that you're looking for. But yeah, like you, I hope that's where uh, the tips ended with with the VFX. (laughs) Yeah, like I hope if he needed storyline ideas, I hope he went to somebody else uh, for for that since he was going around and and getting that mentorship program working. I you know look, I will say this: while the Michael Bay stuff does concern me just a little bit i will say i do feel like he kind of said everything else that i kind of wanted him to maybe say in that article uh about the idea of like you know if uh, if if i'm really shepherding this franchise you know i'm really going to include the things that i you know think a lot of you guys will certainly love and he talks about the understanding the importance of these characters right having us feel for these characters so it does feel very much like Um, Maybe there will certainly be some attention that's definitely put towards not only just our main um, human protagonists, but also um, our actual Autobots uh, and Maximals also. And I think that's I think that's really going to be key uh, because he does mention the idea of maybe using this as sort of a setup for uh, the franchise on where to certainly go for the future. Uh, And if that's the case, right, like you really need to have sort of those emotional connections and those big moments for these characters to really carry you through sort of to the the idea and the concept of a sequel or anything that may potentially go uh you know go past there uh if not then certainly like what's the point you know and i think they did a really good job of that with not only Haley steinfeld's character in bumblebee but also the bumblebee character as well uh and so when um stephen kaplan mentions that again i think he says all the right things and it does give me hope that maybe uh maybe the story that I was worried wasn't going to be there because it's felt very much like a big bombastic action summer film. I've been wondering where's the story. He makes me feel like there is story and, and something there. Um, so I do think that he uh, said some of the right things in this, in this interview for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, yeah, the whole going to Michael Bay thing kind of had me off, uh, like kind of worried at first, but then when you brought up like, Oh, may have just been for VFX and that kind of thing. I'm less worried now. I think I think this guy, if this movie doesn't end up being as good as we want it to be, I think it's not going to be for the lack of trying, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I will agree with you there. I, I, I totally agree. Um, he does mention something about. He says the trail so far has had '90s needle drops from DMX of the Notorious B.I.G. Will that continue in the film? He says um, we have a tribe called Quest in there. We have Wu Tang Clan. He says, oh my god, we have so many. Uh, we also have an unheard track that's going to come with the film. We have a legacy artist who's blessing us with a new track for our film. Well, that's crazy, uh, and I'm so excited about that uh it has not been released yet but i think you guys are really going to appreciate it when you hear it uh he's from the 90s but i would say that he's arguably one of the top three rappers to ever live uh that's gotta be jay-z or nas that's gotta be uh so i'm excited for people to check out what we cooked up with him as well listen Stuart, i grew up a 90s hip-hop head along with r&b so like for me uh 90s is like my bread and butter i truly have really enjoyed like the soundtrack so far for these trailers that we've gotten but uh they look like they're coming out with some bangers right now and a legacy artist see the idea of him saying top three rappers to ever live um coming out with a new track that's 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 got to be like jay-z and nas especially if we're talking about like new yorkers in the hip-hop game um Man, I'm excited for that. I'm excited. That's probably like the that's probably the best piece of this article for me, bro. Like, uh, <laughs> it's gonna yeah, it's gonna have a kick ass soundtrack, even if it's like not the best movie ever. We'll still have a good soundtrack out of it. And, and listen, man, sometimes a good soundtrack can really carry a movie. You know what I'm yes. saying? And '90s hip hop was like such a nostalgia piece. I think for so many people, um, that might even help uh, carry this movie to being enjoyable for me. So we'll we'll see how it goes, guys. But yeah, let us know your thoughts in the comment section box below. Uh, what's your hype level for Rise of the Beasts? Um, and last but not least, guys, um, our last topic. And look, we're going to get into some video game talk here because I don't where my destiny heads at. Where my destiny heads at. Um, listen, it's been a minute since I've played destiny myself, though, Stuart. I can't even lie. But when it when it dropped, uh, I definitely had destiny. Um, there's me, my boy, Jonathan. Uh, I think our friend Renee over in our Facebook group. She's my photographer for A Plus Opinions. Uh, Renee certainly coming through uh, in our clan from time to time. Man, we had a blast playing um, destiny. But then, you know, come the DLCs and the expansions and the sequels and eventually i just can't keep up financially man it's just it's just too much but the world of destiny has in fact continued to expand uh and expand it will continue to do so and i thought this was a fantastic article store uh, uh Stuart, uh to let us know that when it comes to um destiny it's not just going to be video games anymore it's not just going to be comic books uh, but we're aiming for tv and film that's right television and film here uh this is coming for us from the gamepost.com uh as uh, they talk about bungie hiring a former warner brothers discovery executive for destiny film and television um what's your history like Stuart, with this game uh dude when this game first came out yes like you i was kind of hooked on it uh for a little bit uh but i think once i beat the game like beat the main campaign um i just kind of lost a lot of interest in it afterwards uh it kind of just 
became really all about grinding and uh, just kind of getting uh, power-ups and eventually just kind of made me lose uh, a lot of interest later on. I did try to get back into the franchise when Destiny 2 came out, but much like the first game, I kind of got bored with it after I beat the uh, campaign. But, uh, you know, that's not to say I didn't have a big run with it. It was, uh, you know, I feel like this game and then just the Dark Souls franchise, those are the two games where I've straight up done overnighters, like stayed up all night playing. <laughs> those games with other people uh because they're just you know those kind of they're just that much fun um yeah it was definitely one of those uh games that almost caused me to uh call in sick for work a couple of times i didn't but i was definitely tempted to <laughs> um but yeah yeah man i uh if anything i definitely um my friends jonathan were and they were really really big into it um i would definitely join them for raids from time to time um to help me level up and get some really cool ass weapons and stuff but it was a, always a blast to play man i always love the story too um i'm very much look i grew up in a generation of like just uh non-multiplayer stuff you know what i'm saying a lot of stuff is a one player two player sort of thing right like that's what i always love uh, getting on to multiplayer it's fun i definitely have you know fun i did a lot of this time with like call of duty and stuff and you know first person shooters and stuff but you know the idea of like getting clans together and all that like i i, I for me i always dug kind of playing by myself you know but uh, the only time i really did the big raids is when i was hanging out with all my friends but yeah it was me jonathan michael renee uh we had a blast with this freaking game and so it's um they're doing much more with this ladies and gentlemen uh destiny is going to continue to expand here uh, let's get into this article it says um bungie has hired a former warner brothers executive to lead the expansion um gabriel van Hughes is now the head of linear media for the destiny ip at bungie van hughes will lead the charge in bringing destiny to other medians including tv film books comics and more uh, the move is part of bungie's strategy to expand the destiny universe beyond just the gaming world and bring in new fans and audiences for the ip um, this is what he says. He says, I recently took the gig as head of linear media for the Destiny franchise at Bungie. This new position will work with the Destiny Universe leadership team to create strategy and execute the operations for expansion of Destiny into new media, including TV, films, books, comics, and audio formats. Um, Destiny has a universe worth of stories waiting to be told, and I look forward to connecting best-in-class partners to our amazing creative team to bring them to life for create uh, for current and new fans eyes up guardian um you know, so yeah I I think that the world of destiny is a world you could do this with. Um, Absolutely. I feel like the game, the campaign itself uh, never made any huge, huge changes to like the universe. So you could easily have like kind of a main story that just coexists alongside with that universe and not have to worry about either one of them kind of, um, you know, like crossing paths necessarily uh so in other words you can keep like a coherent universe very much like the star wars expanded universe and things like that yeah i i think you make a great point there um uh that that's i think what what really excites me i mean this has a a great sort of potential for like future spinoffs if you want to ever go ahead and like branch out from the main storyline uh, but the, there's so much expansion that you can definitely have with this um if it's certainly done right so uh i'm really looking forward to this and um um for, for this actually happening um if anything i would be kind of curious to see like how they connect all this stuff 
Um, I mean, like, are, are they going to do a movie first? And then is it going to go from a movie to a spinoff series, sort of like what they're doing with um, with the Batman sort of thing? Um, so I am I, I think there's a lot of potential here, Stuart. I totally agree with you. Yeah, personally, if it were me, I would start it off as a uh, TV series, see how de- that does. And then, you know, maybe spin it into a movie if uh, if you can go there. Yeah, this um yeah, we'll definitely see uh, what they decide to do here. But yeah, guys, listen, if you guys were big uh Bungie um if you guys were big um Destiny fans, uh let us know your thoughts about the idea of like maybe what you personally would like to see when it comes to a television show. Uh if anything, maybe in the world of animation, I think would be really cool for them to dive into if they haven't already. Um but yeah, definitely uh, huge opportunities here. And if anything, Stuart too, right? I think one of the things that we're continuing to see video game ip just sort of like now really sort of making a big push i think that people have been able to see really great success uh with some of these really meaty storylines for some of these show for some of these movies um and for some of these video games right i think it also really just depends on like the type of medium that you certainly put it in um especially upon launch uh that have been doing really really big things i mean you look at sonic uh, Super Mario with the, how much it's made at the box office, The Last of Us. Uh, I'm sure there's probably another video game movie or series out there that I'm missing. But um, now that you've seen how successful those have become, now you're starting to see Amazon take on a couple different video game IPs like God of War sort of thing, right? So it's almost like Bungie just sees the writing on the wall here. I mean, look, it's all Destiny's already been huge when it comes to video games, um, but if you ever want to get bigger uh, and expand, that's got to be the next logical place and seeing how successful it's definitely been. Um, you know, maybe just don't go to the Halo route, uh, but uh, maybe if you can avoid that, you might have something on your hands there. But uh, what do you think overall about like video game IP and just in the, its expansion? No, you're you're hundred percent spot on. It's uh, it feels like it's taken way longer than it ever should have, but it feels like Hollywood has finally figured out what it is that people want like in a video game movie, it, right? Yeah. yeah. They figured out how to be, you know, very accurate to the game, but still actually know how to form it in something that works for a movie. Um, you know, we're looking at and also like looking at the variety of video game movies that we've had because, you know, um, Super Mario Brothers, Sonic the Hedgehog, Mortal Kombat and uh, The Last of Us, uh, four very different tonally types of movies and three out of four of them were very huge successes. Um, and even though like Mortal Kombat wasn't a big success, I still thought it was uh, an OK uh, movie movies so i i love that they're you know trying new things with video game movies and i love that even when it's not working there's also there's always something worth you know there's something there there's something that they can continue to explore um and yeah i think that within like give it like another five or six years you know maybe uh after superhero fatigue uh, kicks in uh like fully then suddenly we're going to have a new trend the trend of good video game movies <laughs> yeah absolutely it's certainly a possibility for sure but um yeah i, I do think it's uh yeah that definitely feels very much like they you know, they may not knock it out of the park all the time, but I definitely do think that they're certainly getting a little bit better about making these video games and better decisions as to should we do this as a movie or a television series? Because um, so I, I am interested to see how they'll pull the trigger for something like um, 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 Destiny. But you're right. I think the format of just what the story for Destiny is, um, there is a really cool way that you can kind of create a, a cinematic universe, if you will, out of something like that. So, yeah. yeah. 
I totally agree. But um, yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts in regards to the idea of the Destiny video game expanding to film and TV. Let your thoughts be known in the comment section box below. And Stuart, with that, I think you know what time it is, sir. Um, uh, where is it? Oh, there it is. Uh, it is time for live viewer questions, questions, questions. And I don't know why I was looking <laughs> over brand instead of banners. And so I'm like, what? Where is it? Where is it? And then realizing immediately right when I got to the end, oh, it does under banners. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go ahead and get into your guys's live viewer questions today. Um, how do you submit a question? Pretty simple. Um, I'll go ahead and pull this up here. So I'll walk you guys along it. Usually every uh, Thursday, uh, every, excuse me, every after any Wednesday or Thursday, we'll usually go ahead and drop a post over on our YouTube page. Just go over to our YouTube channel. As you see right here, click on that community tab. Oh, connect to the internet. I'm pretty sure I'm connected guys. There we go. Um, go ahead and pull this up here. Again, after any uh, Wednesday or Thursday, we'll go ahead and post this up. You'll find a live viewer question post here. Um, today, we got 25 questions, Stuart. Um, so it looks like everybody's back at it with their questions. Once again, thank you guys so much for certainly um, dropping those off for us today. Um, it is Mother's Day edition. Um, so if anything, we may not go too long with these live viewer questions. Just so we maybe can spend some time with the family tonight. Um, so if anything, any questions that we don't necessarily get to if anything we will go ahead and do in a separate video for you guys later on this week so let's go ahead and dive into the Stuart. uh is there still a chance coming from jessica Friedman? what's up jessica is there still a chance we could see jason and kimberly in a sequel to once and always and would you like to see some other past rangers in a sequel um i don't know about kimberly um there's a part of me that wants to say, yeah, Amy Jo Johnson, maybe after seeing the success of this. But, you know, she also talked about the idea. She's like, look, guys, I'm 50. I'm not in the best shape of my life sort of thing. The idea of me in spandex, not a pretty sight. You know, like, I, I don't I think she maybe feels some type of way and maybe does just, you know, I don't know if they would be like if they gave her a heads up if she would want to get into a ranger shape again or not. Um, but I think she's I think she's content, you know, um, so maybe not Kimberly. But I could see Jason coming back. I think I honestly believe Austin St. John would have been back um, if he had not gotten to his legal problems that he got into. But um, so, yeah, I do think um, if everything's clear and we do get ourselves one, I think I definitely do think we get Jason back. What do you think, Stuart? Yeah, I, I agree. If we do get a sequel, I don't see any reason why Austin St. John wouldn't want to come back. Um, I think it was just because of, you know, like you mentioned, the legal troubles that he wasn't able to attend for this, uh, you know, this particular time. Uh, but, you know, with Amy Jo Johnson, I think she just doesn't, you know, have an interest in the franchise she's moved on, which is, you know, totally fine. Um, so I don't see her, uh, you know, being in it. But, you know, maybe... You know, I could see her probably having an executive producer role or even a writing mm -hmm. role if she was interested. Uh, you know, it depends on how her upcoming comic book series does. Heck, man, give me a director chair. Yeah, yeah, I keep forgetting. She's also a really good director. She directed an episode of Superman and Lois I really liked. So th that's a good point, too. Like, even if she's not going to be in it, uh, I don't see any reason why she wouldn't want to uh, direct this. Yeah, I would be down for uh, any of those. Um, Ram Jam. Uh, what's up, Ram Jam? Uh, what are your thoughts on the article from Screen Rant about Disney's canceled 
Power Rangers season called Hexagon. I think you, I think he did send it to me, but I don't think I had the opportunity to read it. Um, have you? Why does that sound so familiar, though, Stuart? Oh, that was basically like um, think of uh, Civil War, but with Power Rangers. Uh, so it was, it was supposed to be after Wild Force. Uh, sorry, I have this weird pop up that came up. Uh, I just got rid of it though. Um, but right. it, it came after why it was supposed to be the season after Wild Force before uh, Disney bought. Um, before disney bought power rangers and the pitch was that it would have been like uh like the pentagon of power rangers but it would have been called the hexagon and uh it would have been basically all the rangers from the past 10 seasons like working together uh in this thing and uh tommy would have been the leader uh but then jason would have like started his own like group of rogue rangers because he didn't like the way tommy was uh running things and so this is what ninja storm would have been that's where you would have had the two evil rangers from ninja storm along with the three good rangers and then kind of like towards the end they come up to, with an agreement to work together or something like that i wasn't 100 percent sure i can't remember exactly what the story beats were supposed to be but i do remember that there was supposed to be like a rivalry between tommy and jason but uh you know once disney got the rights to uh, the power rangers uh they barely even wanted to keep it going but of course you know the budget got majorly reduced hence why they had to like uh, move the production to new, Ze- new zealand and that's why they did a more traditional season you know that that year that's cool i'm gonna have to check it out yeah i'm I'm kind of skimming over it right now he did send it to me via ig um the other day and i unfortunately have not had the opportunity to check it out but um that's um that's pretty cool like the, the concept of jason and tommy is always one that's been intriguing to me one that i always wanted to honestly see more of um so the idea of a little bit of a civil war between the two, that sounds pretty intense and pretty awesome, actually. So, yeah, I, I kind of would have liked to have seen that. But I'll give the I'll give the article a read. I appreciate it, Ram Jam. Thank you so much for sending that my way. Um, he says, do you think more DC animated movies and cartoons could end up on Netflix since the original Justice League animated cartoon is now on Netflix? Um, I think it's a possibility. Um depending on what David Zaslav wants to do. I, he, he definitely is not shy in letting out IP, I believe, um, especially when it comes to like streaming services. You know, if they're trying to sort of save or make money, that's definitely a way to definitely do it. You know, it's a streaming rights for a, a year or two or whatever the case may be, you know, before getting them back. What do you think, Stuart? Do you think there's a chance we can see more DC animated movies and cartoons end up on uh, Netflix or really just stay mostly on uh, HBO Max? I think, yeah, for like the next five or six years as they're, as HBO is trying to get back a lot of their money that mm. they've lost uh, for the last couple of years, I think that's probably going to be the fastest strategy they have. Uh, and I think that's like the main reason why he decided to license out a lot of the shows that were in development instead of uh, picking them up. Gotcha. Um, Blossom says, I don't know if I asked you this before, but if you had a sword and Wonder Book and Kamen Rider Saber, which one would you have? Remember, I said that Flashman Astronomer killed my oh, okay. So let's let's um, um, so if if you had a sword and a Wonder Book in Kamen Rider Saber, which one would you have? Oh, Jesus. Um, they don't have a Bernstein Bears one, do they? No, just <laughs> out of um. I'm trying to think. First off, I don't even I don't even know their swords very much. But if I just had to pick just whatever Saber had, I'll take his sword. That's pretty badass. Uh, I love dragons. So, yeah, just give me whatever a common rider Saber sword was. But a wonder book. I don't know. I might just make my own wonder book, Stuart. There's a couple of uh, great 
fantasy novels. Was it just fantasy novels that they focused on in Kamen Rider Saber or what? No, it was like uh, books from like every genre out there. It, but mm. uh, but I, I assume there was like a licensing thing because it was always like kind of most of the time it was like parody names instead of like the actual names. Oh, OK. OK. Do you have any in mind? Guy. Um, so I'd probably go with. Uh, um, oh, what was his name? I want to say his name was o- Ogami. I, I really like his uh, sword. And even though his costume wasn't my favorite, his sword was incredibly badass. So I'd go with him. But if I had to choose like a book, I would go with um, a real life book that I think could fit in Common Rider really well. Um, I'd probably go with ah screw it I, i'll go with the uh, lord of the rings yeah give me like a lord oh, of the rings type of power up in common rider saber <laughs> son of a bitch that's a good one um i'm trying to think i'm looking at my shelf right now i got a bunch of star wars books i can't do that just give me a freaking lightsaber uh sword um <laughs> oh my gosh like a, a mandalorian common writer uh combination Ooh, i think that would look really sick that would be pretty sick that would be pretty sick you know what turn like you know the mandalorian tv show into a novel and then just make that your wonder book yeah. there you go there you go i'll take it because I, I need uh i need some star wars uh introduced in there somewhere um Blossom again with the super chats today. Thank you so much, Blossom. You're killing me here, man. The gratitude. Thank you so much. Um, Blossom, Toma used Bravo Dragon, dude. He is still hot. <laughs> uh, and she says, you're talking about Kamen Rider Buster. There you go, Stuart. Kamen Rider okay, Buster. that was that was what his name was when he was powered up. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so thank you so much, um, Blossom. He says, remember I said that Flashman astronomer uh, killed were decoys and how I imagined green Flash creating them. What if real Flashman were trying to find yellow Flash because of her being missing? She is our Imaginatrix Rangers mentor. Um, you know, I always, always love Flashman. So I'm actually kind of glad that you're uh, adapting that in some way. Um, but yeah, that sounds good to me. Why not? Why not? um let's see here marcelino vasquez um i asked this question before but you guys didn't really answer the question i asked in fact it felt like you guys were trying to avoid answering my question and gave me a different answer that doesn't relate to my question okay uh we're always we always hear scenarios of fans being toxic and harassing celebrities on twitter for very petty reasons but when does the opposite happen when do you defend innocent fans who are being harassed by toxic celebrities? Mm. And can you name me several scenarios where a celebrity maybe made up a case where they pretended to be a victim of toxic fans just to get them deplatformed? Um, when in the reality, the fans were not being toxic or in some cases were just giving valid criti- uh, criticisms towards the celebrity. I see what you mean. I honestly don't know of any um, uh, areas where that has happened. Although I will say that the whole idea of like a celebrity being toxic towards a fan, I have heard, I can't think of any specific ones off the top of my head, but I will say that, yes, that does happen a lot of times too. Um, Not quite as much, but it does definitely happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so for the first part, I would, I would definitely say I don't, know any um moments off the top of my head where the opposite has happened where um 
uh, innocent fan is being harassed by a toxic celebrity. Um, if anything, I would probably ask, like, if you know of a specific case, um, maybe inform us of it. But I've never really known of a case of a, of a like a toxic celebrity harassing a, a fan um, or like defendant innocent fans who's being harassed by a toxic celebrity. And can you name me several scenarios where a celebrity made up a case where they pretend to be the victim of a toxic fan? Like, that just seems so elaborate to me. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe some people pretend to be victims. I don't know, but I don't, I, I, I'm in these situations. Like, I, you know, just overall, I, I don't know any off the top of my head, Marcelino. So it's, it may be the case of like, we don't, not that we're trying to avoid answering your question, but we probably just need more specifics. Like if there's somebody in particular or a moment that you're talking about, maybe ask about that particular topic. Um, but overall, I don't know any off the top of my head unfortunately Stuart. so like literally i just go i googled fans harassed by celebrities and it's the results are all the opposite uh several instances where celebrities are ha are harassed by fans so uh again i'm sure it happens i just can't find any yeah, specific just, moments at the at this moment yeah so definitely provide us with the actual situation marcelino um adam perea uh a few weeks ago Catherine sutherland and nakia burris which they do their weekly stream nakia interviewed Catherine about her experience coming back for the interview uh the anniversary special Catherine mentioned that the executives for hasbro and netflix were at a fan screening and met in meet and greet downtown la uh celebrate the anniversary special before it came out Catherine said that both executives were impressed on the amount of promotion and excitement for the anniversary special and how they've never had that same momentum in the past. So what do you think of this? Uh, and does this tell you that Hasbro and Netflix's partnership may continue in the future when it comes to Power Rangers, especially when it comes to anniversary specials for other legacy seasons or for the MMPR cast to return one more time at some point? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, Stuart. Like, I don't necessarily feel like they did the best job at um, maybe marketing and promoting it, but the day it dropped, I feel like days after that, like the whole week almost felt like Netflix heavy promotion of it. Like they were almost waiting for it to drop instead of like the pre hype stuff. Cause I felt like I learned more about the, the special after it was already released. Am I, am I tripping in regards to that or what? No, no, you're spot on. Um, I think it's partially because you you didn't really have too many people talking about it, like when the trailer was out. But when it came out, uh, suddenly, like a lot of you know big celebrities that normally don't ever talk about Power Rangers were tweeting about it. Uh, the one that really comes out to me is uh, the one from uh, Simu Liu, uh, where he like mentioned, "How am I going to convince my girlfriend to watch the Power Rangers 30th <laughs> anniversary special with me?" Uh, and that one and that tweet was like you know trending. So uh, I think. Yeah, I think because it was very well done, uh, something that a lot of fans, uh, old and new, really enjoyed. Um, I think just it was the actual quality of the product that helped, uh, you know, market it rather than the actual marketing for the product. Yeah, and it almost felt like because when the trailer dropped, I, I think the trailer actually probably got a really good amount of views. Honestly, I don't think it. I think it did pretty well because I did feel like once it dropped, a lot of people, like you mentioned on Twitter, were really kind of talking about it, and I do wonder if that surprised. 
Hasbro. I mean, clearly they had seen the screen testing of it, so they probably knew how you know how it was going to be received. But I think that probably still even kind of took them by surprise, and it almost felt like they were like, you know what, people might actually really like this. Like people are really excited for it. Like maybe we should let's just start working on get that promotional stuff done now, now, now. And then so they started working on it, so it's ready by the time it winds up dropping. Like I thought they did a pretty good job at, um, if anything, they did have a big presentation at LA. I don't know if that was the screen, the fan screen testing or the premiere of it that they were talking about, but like they had like uh, Rita in costume and putties and like, you know, Power Rangers dressed up doing a little bit of a performance for them and stuff. They were taking photos with fans that were coming by. Like I saw, I think I saw Hawkeyes on Twitter with his son, I think, um, in a photo. I, I don't remember if Joe from uh, Illuminati was there. I don't know. I saw a couple like Power Ranger heads. Um, um, taking photos with the cast there. I think um, Andre, the black black nerd, comedy nerd, I think he was there taking photos with them. So Netflix really put on a really big presentation and had a really good outing there. So, you know, look, I'm, I hope it does successful. I do think that if, um, if, if this was as, as successful as a lot of us thought that, you know, Netflix is going to be really pleased with this partnership here with Power Rangers. And I do think it's a, definitely a possibility uh, more than it ever was before that we would get more uh, seasons uh, or specials, at least. Uh, I think if anything, and I said this before, so I think it's just going to be mainly MMPR. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't see other legacy seasons being involved in this. Not to say that maybe one or two like characters can't pop back up. Maybe like every five year anniversary special, maybe every three years. Who knows? I, I think we could possibly get something. though. what do you think? I think it's a possibility, uh, but I do. I do think that um, for the most part, I see it being more likely that they continue the uh, you know anniversary or they continue with the storyline from the anniversary special. Like probably with um, uh, what was Charlie's character's name again? I totally forgot. Min, yeah, with uh, Min being like one of the new main characters, I see more potential like financially with them if they go if they continue her story. But I don't necessarily see them uh, wanting to bring back other legacy seasons, unfortunately, because as much as you know, I do think they deserve an anniversary special just as much as MMPR. I'm not sure if Netflix is going to uh, see it that way. Yeah, no, I I, I think I think you're uh, spot on with that one. Um, I think we're going to do maybe one more question here, Stuart, and then we're probably going to wrap up here. Um, I am going to jump around a little bit because Roberto and most talented man in the world, they've got some pretty long ones here. Um, so I might just um, jump over to Nicole Robertson here real quick. Um, and then um, most talented man and Roberto, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get your guys in the, um, the, the video. Um, Nicole Robertson says, what do you guys think of the announcement of the new actress who will play the new version of Wilson Fisk's Kingpin wife in the MCU? Um, Sandrine Holt, if this is true, do you see her being a part of the new Disney Plus Daredevil series? And what would you like to see with both Vanessa and Kingpin in this new series that we have not seen from the two of them in the original series? Um can't remember if i've seen her in, in anything before um i'm uh, definitely not a i'm definitely there's nothing that really gets me unexcited about her you know taking over as new kingpin's uh wife I, i'm just curious on if there was like a reason they recasted her like was the actress not interested in coming back 
Um, I don't know. I think she was interested. I think somebody probably have has spoken to her already. Um, I'm trying to see if there's a, a quote from her in here. I do believe that somebody has spoken with her, and I think she herself was kind of surprised um, that nobody contacted her to have her come back and do the role. So I, I am a little bit surprised that it didn't go for her, but you know, who knows? I don't, I don't know what, maybe there's more to it, but, um, you know, personally I'm, I'm okay with it, you know, um, as far as like what to expect out of both Vanessa and Kingpin, that's a different question. Cause I, if anything, I know one of the highlights for this show is that they are going to be exploring a little bit more about Kingpin's origin story. You know, I think we've seen like some set photos of, of Kingpin as like a kid, uh, Wilson Fisk as a kid. So I do think that they're going to um, dive a little bit deeper into that. As far as like why um, him and his relationship with Vanessa at the time, that I don't know, just because I don't know how vastly different this is going to be from the Netflix series, because didn't. Um, cause he went to jail if I'm not mistaken. Right. But he's, he's out again. He's out again. We saw that in the Hawkeye series. So I don't know where Vanessa is during this time. Yeah. Cause like the whole deal I remember at the very end of Daredevil season three was that if Kingpin, you know, stopped, uh, trying to be a dick that Daredevil was gonna, was gonna basically leave his wife out of it, mm -hmm. which actually I could see that being the explanation for why it's a different actress. Cause like maybe Kingpin broke his side of the deal in order to protect her. She may have actually, there might be an in-universe reason that she looks different. Like she had to have reconstruction like surgery oh, in order to, uh, hide from, you know, the law. I wonder if uh, that's what they went with. Oh wow, yeah, that might be um, that might be a good one there, Stuart. I didn't even consider that, man. Um, but yeah, let us um, let us know your guys' thoughts also in regards to that. But yeah, I, if anything, um, I, I, I'm sure they'll probably explain. Well, I don't know if they'll explain it or not. They'll just play it off like it's no big deal. Um, mm -hmm. But they he has been Vincent D'Onofrio has been in the news lately talking a lot more about Daredevil: Born Again, um, really emphasizing that. The Netflix series and this is certainly going to be different, um, but I still think it's definitely going to have some tones a, a little similar for sure. And I think the difference is is kind of what we talked about before about the episodic treatment. You know that since it is going to have so many seas, so many episodes, that these shows are these episodes are very much going to have a beginning, middle, and end, right? And kind of mm -hmm. like it feels at least I believe from some of the articles that we've that we've received that they may sort of be like some of their own standalone episodes. Yeah, but uh, one way that it will feel similar, which I think is going to be pretty cool, is much like uh, Secret Invasion, they did mention that this show was going to be shot on location, and that's Ooh. in the city. So okay. uh, I imagine this is definitely going to be an expensive show, too. Yeah, I can I can definitely imagine. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts. Um, but that will wrap up our live viewer questions for the day. Again, I will start off with um, the most talented man in the world, followed by Roberto Buena. Uh, and then Jack Daniels and from there forward. So if anything, uh, it is kind of late here in town, uh, good old uh, Texas. So if anything, um, I'll probably get to doing um, record me, myself or store will get to recording live viewer questions for you sometime tomorrow. Uh, so if anything, expect it on Tuesday to drop for you guys. Um, all right. But uh, other than that, that will do it for us. Um, so thank you very much, guys. Uh, Marcelino does say, the only situation I've heard of a celebrity being toxic to a fan was Justin Bieber sitting on the fan, <laughs> um, which was on a Watch Mojo video of celebrities being rude to fans. And he says another scenario I thought of was Gina Carano being petty uh, and used the cancel culture narrative for her reasoning for being fired from Lucasfilm. I guess if that counts. 
I need to- I need a context for this one. <laughs> Justin Bieber sitting on a fan. <laughs> what like what led to that? <laughs> How did we even get to that point, man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but um, all right, guys. Yeah, thank you so much, guys, for um, all the live viewer questions uh, and sitting through uh, the comments with us today. But um, all the content and the um, topics. So, um, Stuart, if anything, if people need to find you on social media, where can they find you, sir? You guys can find me on Twitter and on Instagram over at TurboStew01. Uh, thank you again, guys, for the supports and the um, super chats today. Uh, definitely is going to go a long way for the channel. So thank you so much. Um, again, we got big things. Uh, I think we got a logo that's currently being designed. A couple concepts for you guys certainly coming rather soon. Um, so definitely look forward to that here. Hopefully within the next month or two, uh, we'll definitely be making it official. I've got a Fan Expo Dallas convention to be going into in about a month here in June. So we will be having some convention coverage provided for you guys not only on the YouTube channel, but also over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. So a lot of Fan Expo Dallas for you. I think it's like the weekend of like June 6th through the or 9th through the 11th or something like that. So it, it, it'll be here rather soon. Um, oh, oh, this makes a lot more sense. Okay. Spitting on a fan. Oh, okay. I was like sitting on the fan. <laughs> All right, yeah, that makes a lot more sense then. Um, but other than that, I think maybe Gotham Knights review for you guys later on this week. Uh, is there an uh, episode of Superman and Lois this week, Stuart? Do you know? Uh, from what I hear, it's taking a one to two week hiatus. Okay, no problem. And I'll, um, I don't know what's going on with the Flash or not, but I'll definitely keep you guys posted. Um, but other than that, um, we'll see you guys later on this week. We'll have uh, content for you guys throughout the rest of the week. And if anything, we'll definitely see you next weekend. But uh, until then, that's certainly going to do it for us here. Um, so in the meantime, uh, do us a big favor as always. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And keep it A+. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs>